Welcome to the podcast of Annihilation. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. To celebrate the wide launch this week of the latest Dungeons & Dragons storyline, Dream of Annihilation, we worked with a cross-section of the community's favorite live-play D&D podcast to record special episodes using material from the adventure. We love highlighting the creativity of these amazing players and Dungeon Masters, and hopefully you'll find one or two new podcasts to adventure along with in the jungles of Chult. To find out more about these groups and the Tomb of Annihilation adventure, head to dnd.wizards.com POA, or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv dnd. We'll be interviewing many of these creators on Dragon Talk. Welcome to the jungle. Enjoy this adventure in Chult, brought to you by Sneak Attack. Welcome to this podcast of Annihilation Special, brought to you by the Sneak Attack Podcast. I'm Reed, the host and DM of this adventure, and uh, we're going to go around the table and introduce the players and the characters they'll be playing. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm going to be playing Moog, the bugbear barbarian. Uh, he's reformed. He's not uh, a monster like he used to be. Perfect. Uh, I'm Mike, and I will be playing uh, Oliver Wilcox, also known as DJ Switch, who is a gnome bard. DJ Switch, Oliver Twist. I see what you're doing there. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I will be playing Obsidian Vein Steepcliffs, who is a tabaxi druid. Don't you have a name that everybody calls you, though? Shouldn't you say, like... Oh, yeah. I go by Sid. Yeah. Oh. You got a nickname. I'm gonna... I have to write this down. I'm not gonna remember anyone's name. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, my name's Dan... I'm playing Huma Huma Nuku Nuku Apu Wa'a. No, you're not. (laughs) 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 Please get two of the hookah hookahs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, My character also goes by Carlton, and he is a Goliath Ranger. I'm not gonna remember you guys. My tribal names. name is Huma Huma Nuku Nuku Apu Wa'a. You have a month to come up with characters. Huma Huma Naka Naka. That's all you have to remember. Waka. Carlton. Huma Huma Naka Naka Waka. Okay, so we got Carlton, Sid, DJ Switch. Yeah. You guys could probably just call me Switch. And Moog. 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 Switch. That's it. Sid. Okay, so your journey begins inside the simple offices of Dino 210, a lowly dinosaur trapping company in the city of Port Nianzaru in Chult, run by Sid. Business has been uh, pretty slow for the last several months, and the four of you are all who remain of this once bustling enterprise. The interior of Cholt is an uncharted mess of dense jungle and impassable mountains, making following the nomadic wildlife increasingly difficult. Other trappers with greater resources and connections have all but run you out of business, and collectors and couriers come on a weekly basis demanding their overdue fees. Dino fees? Well, like, you know, there's other costs of running a business. Oh, I like buildings and... You know, leases. Gotta keep yeah. the lights on. Gotta keep the torches lit. So, okay, so if we're the last ones that are here, we're either the most committed or the dumbest. The, the ones who need work the most. <laughs> we're the worst. We have no money. <laughs> okay. Or just in the offices? Yeah, just in the offices. There's like a big barn uh, out back where you keep all of your, you know, your trapped animals. Sid. Yes, Moog. How are you today? You are looking fine. I feel fine. That is good. I will write that in my book. (laughs) He pulls out a little notebook and a little pen in his giant hand, and he starts writing in it. 
You got a thing for Sid? Huh? Do you have a thing for Sid? I think he does. I think that's the only reason he's here. Look, he could be with a barbarian or barbaric bugbear tribe out in the wilderness. He chose to civilize himself, and there's a reason for that. And follow a Mm. cat person. Be part of a thriving business. (laughs) Sure. Thriving, yes. (laughs) So, speaking of thriving, suddenly you hear a knock at the door. The whole room goes silent, fearing that it may be another collector here to bleed you dry. Should I get the door? I've, I've got it. Just stay there. So I approach the door. Okay. And I open it. All right. Standing at the door is a very well-dressed man in a green suit fit for a duke or some other person of great import. He has thin white hair slicked back at the top and on the sides, leading to a very neat ponytail that drapes off his right shoulder. On his face is an equally white beard trimmed and oiled to perfection, forming very clean lines across his cheekbones. His weight is... Hmm? I approve of this. Oh, good. His weight is kind of shifted to his left side, and he stands propped up by a dark wooden cane in his left hand. He stands there uh, quizzically for a moment uh, before kind of introducing himself. Uh, Hello, my name is Ron Dramond, and I am looking for the dinosaur hunters. A small smile kind of like creeps on his face as he finishes the sentence. Welcome to Dino 210. I am looking for a brave group of trappers such as yourselves to help me procure a dinosaur to race in the upcoming trials. I've been told by uh, many that you are the best in the business, just the best in the business. And I can pay quite handsomely, I assure you that, uh, in exchange for the finest specimen in all of Cholt. I look back at my employees slash teammates. Well, Mugaz has has his his cloak on because he doesn't want people to know that he's a bugbear. Isn't it pretty Uh, obvious by your face? (laughs) Well, it's got a hood. Okay. Still, isn't it pretty uh, obvious by your face? But an opening at the front of the hood, though, right? A hole in the front? Yeah, and his arms are like a little longer than regular human arms. (laughs) But he's got pockets he can tuck them in. Oh, okay. He's just standing there kind of cloaked, but looking a little excited, maybe. Uh, what kind of of dino are you looking for, bud? Oh, the... The best, most ferocious dinosaur in all the land, of course, a uh, a young Tyrannosaurus. Ooh. Mook takes out his book. <laughs> Have you ever successfully stuff. captured one? Maybe, maybe not. Mook, <clears throat> our past business ventures are private information. Oh, of of course, of course. Being a businessman myself, I can understand the need for uh, a certain amount of discretion. You don't want to tip the tip your hand, so to speak. Yes, I. I would like to know, you seem a little coy, have you, or have you not caught a young Tyrannosaurus? Listen, bud, you see these arms? <laughs> and I flex. Moog flexes in kind of like mimicry of him. Okay, he, he looks, uh, I don't know, are you strong? Oh yeah. I mean, you're oh, yeah. a Goliath, I I'm see. like 8 foot, 300 pounds. <laughs> he goes, oh my, very impressive indeed. Yeah, I've caught a few dinos in my day. Ooh. So, uh. Sid, I believe you were saying something. Uh, yes, this is a family business. It's been passed down for generations. We are the best of the best, and that's why we're the only ones around anymore. Swish uh, kind of like pokes his head up. He's in the back messing with a bunch of his, his gears and his records, and he kind of goes, How much are you playing? Do you, you, you use the word playing for yeah. paying? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he gets very startled by this. He goes, uh, well, uh, to, to be fair, I didn't, uh, I didn't know you were the only game in town. Uh, are, you've driven everyone else out of business, I suppose. You could put it that way, out maybe. Of business. Maybe, yes. yeah, sure. Uh, 
Well, of course, uh, I, I, a mission such as this is quite dangerous, quite dangerous indeed, but uh, I'm willing to compensate accordingly. Uh, how does 500 gold each sound? Moog walks back to DJ Switch, mm-hmm. and he kind of leans down to look at him. He says, Switch, how much is 500 gold? That's a lot! <laughs> Moog, Moog leans back up and puts two thumbs up. Okay. Two hair-covered thumbs emerge from the cloak. And when he sees them, he tucks them in his fists. <laughs> I look to Carlton. I mean, that ought to do it, but uh, if you really want a ferocious beast, might might cost you a little more, but we'll see what we can do. You're that well, guy. I really do need this, this creature. I, uh, if, if you're not going to do it, I, I would like to know right now. Are you going to take good care of it, or are you going to treat it poorly? Well, treat it with the utmost respect and, uh, and admiration. You know, I'm, I'm new to the world of, of dinosaur racing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready to make quite a splash, though, and I think you four are just the ones to help. So um, if you can retrieve this Tyrannosaurus to enter this weekend's race and finally disrupt the dynasty of Team Crichton, kind of like he starts breathing heavily just under his breath, lousy bunch of rotten scoundrels. I understand. Uh, I understand the risk, but uh, your compensation will be quite worth, quite worth it. I assure you, 500 gold can get you quite a bit. A T-Rex could also get you oh uh, pretty killed. Oh, that is true. That's why I've come to you guys. I believe you're just the people to handle it. You yeah. look like you can uh, wrestle a T-Rex to the ground by yourself. I have. He could not. <laughs> Mook has seen a T-Rex. They are large. Larger. Shut up, Mook. <laughs> He takes the tube out of his mouth, and he's like, so what do you think, Sid? Should we do this? Wait, 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 wait. What? There's a tube in your mouth? Yeah. That's how so I auto-tube. That's how I auto-tube. Like a squawk <laughs> box. Yeah. <laughs> when... <laughs> you never explained that, though. You just... <laughs> you didn't need to. Wait, wait, wait. You expected him to be able to auto-tune just without any type of instrument? I didn't know there was a tube in my mouth. Yeah. you never seen those? The tubes that they put in their mouth? It's no. A, it's yeah. a squawk box. That's Is a real it, thing? Yeah, yeah, it's like a talk box. Oh, okay, all right, all right. It's like that's what Bon Jovi uses. All right. Hey, I'm more immersed in the all right, yeah, I say we're down. Let's do it. Moog is in. Splendid. Splendid indeed. You will, of course, need to secure passage on a ship heading towards uh, Ishao, which I assume is where you will be uh, procuring this dinosaur, correct? If my research has led me in the right direction. Yes. Yes. Dinosaurs are on Ishao. Oh, perfect. Well, uh, talk to Palwyn. She is the captain of the Nautilus. Uh, she has a ship waiting for you whenever you are ready, so uh, gather whatever materials and supplies you need. Uh, are we going to have to pay to use this ship? or uh, No, of course not. Uh, okay. I have reserved the Nautilus for the next week. Right. Quite a costly uh, investment, I assure you, but again, I, I have utmost faith and confidence in you to accomplish this task. We are going on a boat? Yes, yes. Moot. Yes. We're going on the Nautilus. It is in the sea, yes. On the sea, not in it. Let's work on prepositions next week. Carlton's just shaking his head. Why are you shaking your head? Because Moog. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were shaking your head because Moog shakes deal. his head in mimicry of mm. <laughs> Carlton. So now you're just shaking your head at each is, other. Uh, is, <laughs> is the guy leaving or is he still in the doorway? He's standing there awkwardly listening to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. What do you guys do? Do you, I mean, do you have anything you need to do before you before you head out? Collect my pack and my yeah. records and get all my stuff ready to go. I'll be ready in like ten minutes. 
Moog will grab all his his tracking stuff. It's all in like a his his kind of backpack and tuck it up. Okay. I need to cough up some hairballs. Okay. So you guys pack up all your things, any equipment you guys use for regular hunts. I don't know nets, uh, ropes, all kinds of stuff for trapping dinos. Uh, when you're finished, you exit the main office of Dino Two One Zero with Ron Dramond in tow. And the activity and noise of Port 9-0 just immediately fills the air. Uh, this is a very bustling community. Lots of um, merchants around here, lots of commerce taking place. It's very active. So you got dock workers escorting cargo to and from ships, uh, other street merchants, like they're peddling their wares, just trying to get the attention of anyone who will listen. Uh, near the port, you see a brief flash of light. And the crowd kind of shrieks in fear a little bit as a small group of travelers just appear out of thin air. You know, in any other scenario, this might be uh, kind of out of place, but magic and teleportation are not really uh, that rare of a sight in Chult. But it is kind of uncommon to see such a display of magic in uh, such a crowded area. But you just kind of like put it out of your minds as you walk out of the Merchant's Ward and head, head towards the Dry Dock. That's like the main shipping hub in the city. As you walk, you see dinosaurs of all shapes and sizes and colors being used for all manner of tasks, like hauling ships out into the bay for cleaning or repairs, uh, hauling large sacks of, or crates filled with goods, and uh, even dinosaur riders. They're trying to make like a quick pace through the winding roads of the city. So this is like an ingrained part of this city's culture. I love this city so much. So despite... So, so beautiful. <laughs> despite their more symbiotic relationship with the inhabitants of Port Nianzaru, passersby tend to keep a pretty wide berth from the dinosaurs, though. Uh, stories are told in like every tavern throughout the coast of how a seemingly tame dinosaur suddenly and violently turns berserk and attacks their handler. So you guys, more than most, are very aware of how, uh, how quickly something like that can happen. A lot of people have said that about Moog. So he, he feels for the dinosaurs. Oh, you just, you're relating. They just get a bad rap. <laughs> you look at the, the saddle on the dino, that could have been me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, finally arriving at the docks, Ron kind of directs everyone towards the nearby wharf where you see the FNV Nautilus awaiting your arrival. And what's striking about this ship is how small it looks compared to the rest of the nearby vessels. Not necessarily in size of the hull. Actually, that's uh, pretty closely in line with any other like coastal trading ship. What's weird about this ship is it has no sails adorning its frame. No masts either. It's just like a simple wooden frame with a spot for the helm. And then there's like this large steel cage that's been bolted up near the bow. Mm. It's just strange. There's no masts, no sails whatsoever. Is this a rowboat? Are you, do you say that to Sid? Or to Ron, sorry? Yes. He, he laughs. He goes, the, the Nautilus is a very special ship. Very special. Cost quite a great deal, I promise you that. Uh, but I think you will be quite impressed with its capabilities. So you, the five of you walk towards the loading dock of the ship, and you see this smaller elf woman sitting on the starboard railing, kind of legs dangling freely, and she's fanning herself with this paper fan, using a dagger to clean the dirt and salt residue from under her fingernails. And overhead, circling over the ship, you see the large silhouette of a bird letting the ocean breeze keep it aloft for minutes at a time without even needing to flap its wings. Just big arcing circles all the way around. Seeing Ron approach with the four of you, the elf sheathes her dagger and calls out, uh, Is this them, then? That's not even English. right? She has a Scottish accent. Very difficult. I don't know why I made her Scottish. On the what? <laughs> she goes, uh, oh, is this them, eh? And uh, Ron kind of gives a nod of approval to which the elf like rolls her eyes and says, these band don't even look like they could catch a cold, let alone a raging dinosaur wants nothing more than the two of their faces off for looking at them funny. What is it called? 
Moog could catch it. <laughs> Ron's face turns serious, and he says, Now, Palwyn, I will have you know that these four come highly recommended, and I have all the confidence in the world in them. And he turns with, like, a beaming smile and pats you on the back, said. He I goes, stumble a little bit. <laughs> he goes, Now, uh, off you go. Find me the most ferocious beast in all the jungle. And kind of, like, turns and walks away as you guys uh, walk aboard the boat. Okay. So, standing at the top of the boat is Palin. Uh, again, she's a, a shorter elf, probably like five foot tall, white hair, uh, dressed in traditional captain's gear. What do you guys do? What do you, what do you say while you're up there? Thank you for letting us uh, board your boat for this uh, week. Why? It's my pleasure. I mean, it's what I'm getting paid for. How does it work? Why don't you have sails? <laughs> well, says, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of people ask me that. Uh, the answer is actually lies down below. Oh, what's the answer? Um, how familiar are you with, uh, like, sea creatures? Is it a dinosaur? It's, uh, no, it's not a dinosaur. It's, uh... Is it like a dinosaur? It's more like a giant squid. This one's in a shell, though. We have, like, a symbiotic relationship. Um, he listens to me, and in return, he eats all the food on the way to our destinations. Lots of crab, lots of lobster, mollusks. He just loves those things. Uh, but he's the propulsion for the ship. We never have to worry about wind, and he actually goes faster than any ship with sails. So it's kind of a special ship. Does he eat people? Oh, no. Very very tame. Calypso wouldn't hurt a soul. You named it Calypso? Yeah. Well, Is that not a good name? No, it's a great name. I just wanted to know what to call it. Yeah, you'll never see him, but he's down there all the time, just eating and sleeping. Sounds like a life. Oh, it is. It is. Okay, so I'll give you the grand tour. And she kind of just, like, gestures to the boat, and there's, like, nothing. It's just vacant, save for the giant, like, steel crate at the top. And uh, you also notice that there's no crew. No one. Do you not have a crew? She goes, well, I mean, you need, the only thing you have a crew for is to, you know, like, hoist the sails and do all the stuff with the, with the sheets and... Swab the deck? Well, the deck can swab itself, I think. I, I don't think that's how decks work. I mean... I can clean them, and you can clean them, but, uh, you know. I'm not cleaning. Yeah, you are, Carlton. You are definitely cleaning. <laughs> I have, Moog has never seen Carlton clean. Well, it'll be the spectacle, spectacle for all. We, uh, we run a pretty, a pretty tight ship here, pretty lean, and especially with where we're going, I'm not, uh, not going to risk a whole crew out there. Uh, you know, this is going to be sailing into pretty treacherous waters. So uh, cabin's down below. Uh, like, there's no chef aboard either, so eat whatever you like, whenever you like to. Uh, if you have questions, well, um, I guess you can keep them to yourself, because I don't really do a lot of talking while we're on sea. Uh, well, but we'll, we'll be in Ishao in uh, just under two days, and uh, after she says that, she kind of turns and heads back towards the helm and puts her hands to her mouth, and with, like, a piercing whistle that fills the air, uh, immediately the bird that was circling from up ahead... Swoops down and lands with a thud and salutes Palwyn. She she kind of rolls her eyes again. Says, "You don't have to salute me. I don't. Okay, whatever. Here's our cargo. Just keep an eye on him. In five minutes, give Calypso the signal, and then he salutes once more and then turns to escort you uh, below deck. Is this a person? It's like yeah, it's like a bird person. <laughs> it's okay, like a, like a big bird. It's an aracocra. 
Okay, okay. Bird person. Big old bird. So he, as he, after he finishes saluting, he spins, and you see these brilliant orange and blue feathers just adorning the tops of his wings and upper back and back of his head, and it just causes the sun to just, like, bounce off in an amazing display. You're like, dang, this dude looks pretty dope. Moog slowly reaches a hand forward to pet the bird. Okay, do you actually pet it? I mean, if no one stops him, he's going to pet the bird. Okay. I'm, it's kind of shiny, so gently. I'm just staring. Okay. Carlton slaps his hand. Moog's hand? Yep. Okay. Right before your hand actually touches the feathers, it gets slapped away. Moog looks indignantly at Carlton. So Carlton looks indignantly back. <laughs> oh, gosh. So the, uh, he starts walking towards the little uh, set of stairs that leads down below. And walking on two feet, you notice like, he seems super clumsy. And like every step is labored. Like He really just has to think about each step he takes. And when he gets to the entrance of the staircase, he says, My name is Arik. First mate of the Nautilus. Most of the time I will be sailing above the ship. But for you, I'd recommend staying below for the duration of the trip. Why? We would hate to lose another tour so soon after the last one. You lost a tour? He just kind of sits there silently, then leans forward and says, That was a joke. I'm something of a practical joker around here. You will learn to find my wit and humor charming. You know that practical jokes are like pranks, right? I am also quite a prankster. Moog leans down to look at the bird and says, I am Moog. And he smiles real big. He says, I find you incredibly terrifying. (laughs) You are a bird. (laughs) That is incredibly insulting to my people. (laughs) Yo, uh, Eric... Where, uh, where's the food and drink around here? Ah, reek. I dislike you quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of you either, bud. This ship is so fun what for is us. This, like a, a Jersey Shore booze cruise? <laughs> like, where are you? GTL. Really taking that Dino 210 yeah. really seriously over there. Jim <laughs> Tan Laundry. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, he goes, the food is below deck. You are welcome to it. Eat whatever you would like. Carlton pushes past and just starts heading down. All right. Moog follows Carlton. Uh, I'll go with him down there. I guess we're all going. Okay. He kind of waits for all of you guys to get below deck and then flies high into the sky, sucks in a big gulp of air, and then releases a series of clicks and caws in like alternating pitches. And from below deck, from inside the ship, you just hear an incredible rumble. And then the boat begins to lurch forward at an alarming pace. Like, it takes off way faster than any, any other type of traditional ship. So, uh, you guys did are you, down Did you make this up? Is this in the book? No, I made this up. I love this. Okay. It's, okay, so I wanted to call the ship the Nautilus. And then I looked up what a Nautilus is. It's actually a, like, a tiny squid-like creature or, like, mollusk creature that lives in a shell and propels itself forward by shooting water out the back of its shell. I see. And so I just combined the two when I figured out what it was. I was like, that's really dope. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. So it's just, it is. It's just a big squid creature in a shell attached to the bottom of the boat that shoots water out its butt. Love it. To make the boat go forward. But it goes really fast. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. It's a tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys do when you're down there? Unpack, settling. Do you guys say anything? Guys, I don't mean to stress you out or anything, but we, we really need this deal to work out. Moog, Moog grabs one of everything that uh, that Carlton grabs for food. Okay. Just fills his plate the exact same way. <clears throat> Carlton's grabbing, like, an apple? 
and uh, Mug of Ale. <laughs> yeah, Moog does exactly the same. Okay. Guys, are you even listening to me? Yes. Yeah, I'll boss. Always, Sid. Like, you understand our company is not in good standing right now. We are sitting right now. You understand that our company is not financially well off right now. Carlton reaches, like, turns his pockets inside out, and he goes, yeah, we get it. Luke smiles and looks at Sid, like, he's like, I agree with everything you're saying. So don't screw this up like the last time, okay? What happened last time? Just go with it. I think it's just like a imagination type of thing. Yeah. Oh. This is theater of the mind. People don't know Wait, our backstory. Just, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. We know each other? Are we a oh dino trapping company? <laughs> Dinosaurs? <laughs> Last time was not Moog's fault. I didn't say it was your fault, Moog. I just think we could work together better, especially if we're catching any type of T-Rex. Moog agrees to work with us. Of course you do. Carlton? Yep. Are you going to cooperate? Of course. Switch? Are you going to lay down the sick beats? Of course. I always do. I mean, it's a little tough with uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum over there, but uh, (laughs) I think we can do it. Could you make them sicker? Sicker? Yeah. I mean, I am a DJ. That has been my dream. And uh, that's why I'm here with you guys, because that's the (laughs) best place to further my career as a DJ. (laughs) Here I am, on a boat. A lot of things have gone wrong. (laughs) I'm just like... (laughs) Moog Moog leans over to Carlton and says, Switch is so cool. (laughs) Hey, Moog thinks you're cool. Yeah, well, I'm glad that Moog, (laughs) you know, I'll the guy who's fascinated by the boat, <laughs> which we've been on many a boats, Moog, many boats, likes me. <laughs> How tall is Moog? Uh, he's, like, not too much shorter than you. He's, he's, really? He's not tiny. Yeah, yeah, like, probably six feet. Is he big? He's big. He's big. How tall are you? Eight foot. Okay. So he's a couple feet shorter than you, probably. I'm going to say, like, <laughs> he's, not that much he's, he's, like he's, like, a head above most regular, like, men. Okay. Okay. So this you're like taller than me. I'm just gonna like yeah. scratch the back it's of like your two neck. Two ogres. Yeah. A cat. A cat. <laughs> and a tiny and like, little gnome. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just gonna like scratch you on the back of your neck like you would like a dog. He reaches over and starts scratching <laughs> the back of your neck. <laughs> Gently though. <laughs> guys. Carl- Carlton guys. takes a bite of his apple. He does the same. What, what are you two apple. doing? Is this not normal? No, that's what they do. People do to pets. <laughs> He's treating you like a pet, Moog. Moog is not the pet. Then tell him that. Moog is not the pet. <laughs> no, sure, whatever, bud. <laughs> Gosh. So, after getting settled in, <laughs> you notice uh, just an eerie silence of the open water. Aside from the sounds of like distant seagulls and the water like lapping across the side of the ship, there's really not anything happening aboard. There's no crew, no sea shanties. Let's just switch his discontent. That's the saddest part of this whole thing. You could make some sea shanties, right? Uh, it almost seems abandoned. And, uh, you know, there's not even you know, the winds in the sails. There's none of that. It's just almost this automated machine uh, just churning through the water. So um, it's a little bit later now. We'll say the sun's beginning to set. And uh, you can hear some light pacing up uh, above deck. 
Moog, Moog will explore. Okay. You go up... Uh, you said it's nighttime? It's like sunset. Okay, okay. Are we like still out in the open, or do we go to rooms or anything? Um, down there, there's... Or is it just like a there's, No, there's rooms down there. Not not like super well laid out, or they're not very nice. It's not like a, a like a cruise ship. This is obviously for transport still. Yeah. But it's it's as nice as you would expect on a on a transport vehicle. Yeah, Moog, Moog heads up to the upper part of the deck. Okay. Uh, up up at the top, you see Palin just pacing back and forth, uh, kind of mumbling some stuff under her breath to herself, and she's just fanning herself with that uh, paper fan that she had earlier. Uh, Moog uh, studying her with his eyes. He pulls out his book and his pen, and he starts uh, writing a little bit into his book. And as she's pacing, she turns around and sees you just like staring at her weirdly and documenting her. Mm-hmm. She goes, Oi, what are you doing over there? He closes his eyes. I am writing in my book. What are you writing? A, a, about things I see. You're writing about me. You are an elf. I? I am learning about elves now. They I'm... like to walk, yes. <laughs> she just laughs to herself, goes, yeah. <laughs> elves are uh, huge fans of walking. Huge fans. We, we often walk to get places, too. Everywhere. Oh, almost exclusively. <laughs> he leans down and starts writing feverishly in his book she says uh i don't know if uh if i'm the elf you should be studying mate i don't i might not be around much longer to uh to give you a specimen to to examine where will you go you uh hear about the what they're calling the the death curse yes i have heard he starts flipping through his pages death curse what do you have written down about the death curse it is a bad thing. Nailed it. <laughs> you just hit the hammer. That's not the phrase. <laughs> She's an elf. It's okay. She doesn't know it. <laughs> hit the nail right on the head there, big guy. He flips his page back. He writes in, hit the nail on the head. Says, uh, you know, I've uh, started feeling a little worse. One day I woke up just uh, feeling a little ill. Next thing... Uh, Next day, I feel a little worse, and, uh... Yeah, I, I don't... I don't think I have much time left, you know? Time, uh, for what? On, uh, you know, alive. Time to live. Precisely. You will die. <laughs> Sooner than you, probably. Hopefully not, but... Moog wishes to live a long life so with Sid. <laughs> She's, uh... Very lucky lady. She is quite the lady. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're married in real life. Like, this is why it's not weird, right? Like, it's weird if it's not, like... Yeah, it's, I think it's still, still a little weird. It, okay. <laughs> right. She's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bear. I'm a bugbear. We're both pretty hairy. So I don't think mm. it's too Ooh. weird. <laughs> Friction. <laughs> a lot of static. <laughs> You know why I don't have a crew on this ship? Because of the squid? Yeah, that helps. But, uh, where we're going, I, uh, it's not really a place I want to lead a whole crew of people into, you know? 
The uh, dinosaurs. Yes. Is there someone else that I can talk to? <laughs> <laughs> if not, it's fine. I could go get Sid, but Switch is cool. <laughs> no, Carlton? <laughs> Savage! <laughs> he just learned you were treating him like a pet. No, <laughs> Carlton! <laughs> You know where we're going. I'm really committed to this voice, I know, guys. I, I gotta, know. I gotta walk got, it through. Too far. I just, there's no going back. Yeah. You know where we're going. It's, uh, it's called Refuge Bay, which is funny because there's really not much in the way of respite or comfort out there. Uh, only despair. With everything that's going on in the world, we're, with where we're going, I just couldn't risk the lives of a crew. You know. I mean, I'm almost certainly on my way out. Old Arik up there, he's only here because he owes, he owes me a life debt, whatever that means. I understand. A life debt. So, we fly solo. I, uh, you know, we deal with this in our own way, you know? I, all I know is the sea. You. <coughs> he just hit puberty. <laughs> just in that moment. You seem like a fine captain. With your uh, four hours with me, making that assessment, that really means a lot. To have a life debt owed is a good thing. It was more of a right place, right time situation, if you know what I mean. But I do not. <laughs> Should I get <laughs> nope, Sid? Nope, nope. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. You know what? Let's, uh, it's getting late. Uh, we still got a whole day's worth of sailing to do tomorrow, and uh, hopefully... Calypso has enough down there to keep it going because we're going to have to sail through the night. So uh, you just go below deck and uh, you enjoy yourself. Try and get some sleep. If you do not mind, Moog will watch the sea and write in his book. M- my book. That's... She just laughs again. That's, that's fine. Just I wouldn't sit too close to the edge if uh, if we need to pivot hard to course uh, at some point. It, there's nothing up here to really to grab onto, so just be careful. Uh, he spreads his arms real wide. This is huge. Right, you're like an eight-foot wingspan. Yeah. yeah. He goes, Mook has big arms. He goes, yeah. I, I see that. So uh, just just be careful, and uh, if you need anything, just holler at uh, old Reek up there, and I'm sure he'll come swooping down. He smiles and nods his head and walks off. All right. She uh, she goes back to the helm. Where she's, she'll sit there for a few more hours before uh, eventually retiring. He's going to move to, like, the front of the boat. Okay. Kind of near the cage. Yeah, just sit, like, uh, kind of cross-legged and writing his book. Okay. Yeah, you lean up against, or you sit and lean up against the cage, just kind of taking in the sunset and everything like that. You guys are traveling kind of uh, east and then south around around Cholt to get to Ishao. And you know in, by pro- a little after midday, the next day is when you guys can expect to arrive. Cool. So everyone just go to sleep or anyone else have anything they want to do before that? I'll, I'll go talk to Sid. Okay. I'll come out of my room and go over to Sid. Hey, Sid. Yeah, Switch. Uh, to be honest, I don't like how we have so much riding on this. You trying to leave? No. I'm just saying I don't like... We're kind of putting all our eggs in this basket with this guy that we hardly know, and now we're on the squid boat. You don't like the squid? No. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the squid's fine. It's just kind of weird. Well, I mean, have you seen our troop? We're kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, I know that. But, you know, we haven't had a job in a long time, and then this guy shows up, and 500 gold is a lot. 
It is a lot. I mean, I just don't know what we're, get, what we're getting into here. Uh, probably a lot of danger, and um, but I, I don't know what to do, man. If we don't take this job, Dino 210 might be... Prehistoric. Oh! <laughs> Could be extinct. Extinct. <laughs> <laughs> the dab. The dab. Yeah, I know. I know this... This company means a lot to you, and, you know, I, I told you I'd be here for the long haul, but I just, I worry about those guys, and I worry about you, and I just don't want to regret anything. I mean, what what are we even doing? A, a little T-Rex? Yeah, just a little one. Well, we all know where little T-Rex come from. Big T-Rexes. Big T-Rex. But sometimes they're dumb, like, and, I, I, and they wander away. Yeah, I, I know that. But last time, yeah, Moog and Carlton were fighting, not the dinosaurs. The dinosaur bit my gear. We had no music. <laughs> we had no music. All the soothing was gone. They freaked out. That was killed us. Yeah. Do you want like a protective bubble or something? Like what do you I want, I mean, man? that would be great. Okay, well, I don't have any spell that can make you a protective bubble. I, I understand that. And... I don't know. I, I, I need to vent to somebody. I'm not going to vent to the squid. <laughs> well, uh, you can't because apparently he's underwater. Yeah. You can't see him. You can't see his little beak. <sighs> I know. I she know. won't let you because he's underwater. All right. I'm just going to go to bed, but I just wanted to tell you that. I mean. Are you going to do anything rash, man? Can no. I trust you? No. I'm going to put my headphones on and I'm going to go to bed. So, good night. Make sure they're the wireless ones. If you sleep with wired headphones, you might choke yourself out. I know. I know. Thank you. Yep. Night, night, guys. Okay, you all, uh, you all go to bed. You sleep. Carlton's just pumping iron in his room. Oh, I knew, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it. Like bench pressing, or just doing push-ups. push-ups the whole time. Can't skip. Get, can't skip. Get those thousand and one, thousand and two. Tomorrow's leg day. Oh, leg day. I hate leg day. I'm gonna fight that squid. <laughs> fight the squid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know the end of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 when he just walks into the squid's mouth? Mm. That's what it'd be like. Mm. Just he opens up and chops you, and then you're gone. Maybe you spar with me for a little bit. No. <laughs> it would be him sparring would be him wrapping you up and then eating you. Ah. <laughs> like how you turned chomp into a true onomatopoeia. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, it was real nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. It's the morning of the next day. We'll say it's midday. You guys are up. You've had breakfast. You're walking around up. Up on deck again. It's getting pretty boring. Uh, the sights are the same. You just see coastline to your east, way off in the distance. Open water to your left. Um, but again, you're on a pretty nice ship, and uh, you're making really good time. Again, this boat is flying. You guys are just in, kind of enjoying yourself. Uh, but suddenly, that's my favorite word. Roll for seasick. Roll for seasick. <laughs> you hear a deep, low rumble. Fill the air and shake the boat. The seagulls flying near the northern coast of Chult, they all scatter in all, in all directions. And it's almost as if the water, like, calms itself. It's, like, submitting to whatever the source of the sound is. And in a flash, Palwin whistles at Arik, who's still circling high above, who kind of, you can tell, is, like, a head darting back and forth, like, scanning the area. And he replies with a whistle of his own, and he says, I cannot see the beast but it is an agent of Ogramak, if I'm sure of it. Palwin, like, rolls her eyes. She goes, no, you fool. Not everything has to do with Ogramak. She turns and, like, barks to the four of you. She's like, 
Either you guys need to get below deck or strap yourselves in, because if we don't take evasive maneuvers here, she'll sink our ship for sure. Just I thought she was hibernating. Some, something must have woke her up early, and she like, starts taking off running. All right, everybody below deck. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Right as, right as Switch says that, and you guys start turning towards the, uh, the staircase, you see about 100 yards out in front of the ship, this massive plesiosaurus emerge from the depths. A plesiosaurus? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like a mixture of a dinosaur and a fish. Okay. Oh. I'm sure 10-year-old me is very angry with, the one with the present me right now, not knowing the names of dinosaurs. But. So it shoots up out of the water, full display for a few moments, and then crashes back into the sea. And this thing is easily the size of the Nautilus itself. And it lands with enough force to topple small boats several hundred feet away from impact. It's just It disrupts the ocean entirely. The waves, they like rock the ship back and forth and Powen quickly, quickly spins to the helm and tries to position the ship appropriately. And for a moment, there's silence. Arik sails above, head darting back and forth, scanning the horizon. And Powen keeps a steady hand on the wheel, ready to react at a moment's notice. And then you guys are just kind of almost like frozen. Feel like maybe we don't move. If, if we move, like kind of like tremors. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. we, if we move, it'll hear us and yeah. sense us. Or Jurassic Park. Ooh. More, more thematic. His name is Ron Dramond. No one picked up on that. Mm. And he walks with a cane. Oh. Dang. I need to watch Jurassic Park. His name is John Hammond. You Uh, haven't seen Jurassic Park? No, I need to watch it again. I need to watch it. Let's watch it this weekend. All right. Anyways, (laughs) while you guys are standing there, frozen, just silence, motionless, immediately out from. The front of the boat shoots straight into the air. This massive plesiosaurus. And you can see its underside as it just shoots past the bow of the ship. This thing is massive and terrifying. But I need all of you to roll me perception checks. First yeah. dice roll, baby. Here we Woo! go. 22. Natty 20. Oh, my gosh. You know Moog. He's always there for these kind of things. Four. <laughs> Six. Okay. So Moog and Switch are completely overtaken I, by this. I, I should say, when the first one popped up, Moog did start pulling out his book kind of slowly, like he wanted to write about it. Okay. It's the same one, by the way. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. Okay. It has two heads. <laughs> it just, when it landed, it swam because it's a swimming diet, and then it moved yeah. into a different That's a very spot. Moog thing. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Moog gets it. Yeah. Moog gets He's it. He's harping too hard. Two. I'm harping real hard, guys. It's got two heads. <laughs> <laughs> However, luckily for Switch and Moog, Sid and Carlton are very much attuned to what this thing is doing. And as you see it uh, sail past the front of the ship, you see glistening in the sunlight a large steel uh, ballista, which is like uh, a really old school massive uh, arrow. Like they sh- It's kind of like a catapult, but an arrow. So it shoots these giant arrows. Um, but it's stuck in the middle of the great beast, just right underneath Eesh. its left fin. It's like rusted and covered in barnacles. It looks like it's been there for a really long time. So at this point, I need to know what you guys want to do because this plesiosaurus is it's wanting to get in your business. Oh, it's a little owly. Sure. What? It's got, it's got that ballista stuck under its fin. It's a little owly. I've never heard that expression. Owie? Owly. Owie? It's like like a twig. <laughs> like stuck. an owl? Like owly? You've never heard that? 
Nope. What no. does an owl have to do with getting owl? something stuck in its armpit? Uh, it's like it's it's upset. <laughs> it's irritated. Like owls sure? did, guys. You, it's irritated. Are you sure you're not mishearing people say it has an owie? I hear it all the time. From who? Whom? Who? Who? Taking it, taking a bad turn here. Okay, so let's let's, let's disregard whatever the Goliath is doing over there. <laughs> he's just looking at me. He's like, "Man, that thing's flipping owly, man." <laughs> just, can you believe how owly that thing but is? But I can pull uh, that bro. thing out with my bare hands. So I want to know what you guys want to do. Howen is going to try and steer the ship away from this thing, but it's obvious that it's got his attention on the ship. So are you going to participate in any way, or are you going to let Powin kind of take charge? Uh, so, okay, just to be clear, this thing is close to us? It was like... Less than twenty feet away. It's under it, the water now. When it though. shot up out of the, it's not. It doesn't fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it, it like it, a whale. It leaped out like a humpback whale, or a dolphin. How big is this thing? The size of the boat, so okay. like a hundred feet across. Uh, Moogle will go over to Palwin, okay, and say, uh, "Palwin, can Moog help?" I don't know what you can do, but uh, the yeah. creature looks injured. You didn't see that. Yeah, perception. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Okay, never mind. There is nothing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing. <laughs> He's asking. He's not stating. <laughs> inflection. Remember, we worked on inflection last week. <laughs> I don't know. Unless you want to fight this thing, but uh, I don't think you're going to be able to take this thing down. I don't know that Moog is able to take that thing down. What if all four of us work together? Oh, gosh, guys, almost like a unifying moment. <laughs> Moog will get his javelins. All right, he runs let's do downstairs. this. Team, we're going to have to kill the dinosaur. <laughs> On the ship, we have to kill it? Not the squid, the dinosaur. I know, but we're on the ship. Yeah, can, we're on the ship. Can we just, like, can the squid go faster? <laughs> I don't. Squid is operating at maximum efficiency. I don't think that's how it works, man. Can you not? Can you not make sick beats on the boat? There's always a bigger fish. I just wasn't ready for a boat party, but I guess here we are. So we're doing this. We're doing it. All right, All right. let's do it. Okay. It's a unifying moment, guys. We're unifying in a moment. <laughs> so if if you guys have decided you want to engage with this thing, that's great. I need everyone to roll me initiatives then. Yes. Whoop, Took whoop, us a little whoop. bit. What we what we got there, Reed? It's not always easy. There's a part of me that thought this is impossible Six. to fight this thing. Switch. Four. Moog? Eight. Carlton? Fourteen. Okay. Howlin is just going to try and steer, steer the ship. Um, Ulrike is keeping his eyes peeled for anything else on the horizon. Because, again, this is a notoriously dangerous part of the water. So it's really just going to kind of be up to the four of you, unfortunately. But the Plesiosaurus gets to go first. And what it's going to try and do is just ram itself into the boat uh, mm. and deal it a little bit of damage, so he swims with all of his might. Oh, that might not actually be successful. Nope, just barely. And he just throws his body weight into the ship, and immediately the ship goes rocking back and forth. So, the way that uh, combat works for the ship is uh, the ship has a set number of hit points. Okay. It can start accumulating incremental damage, so stuff can start happening even without the ship just, like, falling apart. 
Okay. So just just for information, just, so like say it has like a hundred hit points. It, if it has ninety nine, or if it's lost ninety nine, it's not going to be in perfect working condition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It also has a minimum damage threshold, meaning if it doesn't take more than a certain amount, it doesn't deal doesn't take any damage okay. because it's an object and it doesn't have feelings or blood vessels. So uh, it takes a certain amount of damage. The boat rocks back and forth wildly, and uh, the helm goes spinning like crazy. Powan gets knocked over, uh, but she stands up and tries to course correct and everything. Carlton, you go next. Can I just, like, melee attack this thing? Yeah. So when it rams into the side of the boat, it's uh, it's back and kind of lower body are a little bit more exposed okay. up out of the water. So if you wanted to, there are, like, those rope ladders that you can, like, toss down uh, if, if your house is on fire and you need to make a quick escape. Yep. You can just, like, there's them, they're, like, tied up on the railings. So you okay. can just, like, cut the rope and throw them down. So if you wanted to, like, hop down, you would have a way back up. Okay. And there's also... Uh, like window openings on the on the second deck, the mid deck, that okay. you could climb back in and get back on the ship as well. So if you wanted to jump on this creature and actually attack it, you could, or you could wait for its head to like maybe get a little bit more above sea level and now, you could smash it. Jumping on it, could I like go down the rope, hold on to the rope, so I'm still like attached to the boat, uh, and take a swing at it? You mean like swing your sword at it while it dangling from a rope, just like a real pirate would? Heck yes! All <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and it's got full health, right? Uh, this creature does, yes. Okay. Um, then I'm going to take my battle axe. Ooh. And just take a, take a swing at it. Okay. Him. Uh, 19 to hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, five damage. Okay. Not great. Not great. You make really good contact, though. So it's pretty hard to miss uh, a creature like this. Uh-huh. So you sink your battle axe into its back, and it's large enough to where it almost acts like it doesn't even care. That you're doing it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like turn and try and you know, hit you off with its head or flippers or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's just, it's still uh, trying to engage with the boat. Uh, that does bring us to Moog. Okay. So you said it rammed the boat, right? Yep. It's um, right up against the boat right now. And do we have a, a, an idea of where its head is? Um, its head is underwater. So if you think of where the boat is, just sitting out in open water, there's this big. Uh, exposed piece of his back and dorsal area. Yeah. And his head is almost like under the ship, it looks like. Okay, okay. You feel like maybe he's engaging with Calypso. Okay, okay. Like I said, there are those uh, exposed uh, second, like, lower deck windows. Mm -hmm. So you can see out onto onto the open water from where you're at, and you can see the dinosaur right up next to the boat. So if you just wanted to stand there... Oh, sure. ...and fire a javelin through the window... Well, I don't want to fire a javelin. Okay. Moog is going to dive. You're going to jump out into the water? Okay. Roll me and... Athletics. Athletics? Yeah. Great read. That's what I was hoping. Come on. Ten. Okay. And so you land in the water, and immediately uh, you're a little disoriented, but you can kind of, after your eyes adjust for a second, see the rest of this creature underwater, and you see it is fully engaged with this... Uh, with the squid monster underneath, and you're just like a tiny little piece off. And it's it's kind of intimidating. You realize you maybe uh, got in a little over your head. Yeah, but uh, you can see the full underside of this of this dinosaur now. Uh, is is his is the place where we saw the initial uh, thing that was in him? Oh, the ballista. The ballista uh, is that visible still? Um, yeah, I'll say I'll say it's visible. Okay, just just barely, like as he's like thrashing in the water. Okay, okay. Do I have any movement left? <laughs> <laughs> no, not after running down okay. and... But I've located jumping. where the ballista is, right? Yeah. Okay. You'll be able to identify it and, like, do something on it on your next turn. Okay, cool. 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 Uh, 
Uh, that brings us to Sid. Okay. So I can still see it, like, right next to the boat. Yeah. And so, like, it's kind of, like, rocking back and forth left to right. Yeah. Um, because, as Moog had already seen, mm-hmm. it's engaged underneath the boat with that squid. Mm-hmm. But um, as for right now, you can see it's back. Um, some of, like... Uh, the sides of it a little bit as it thrashes, but that's pretty much it. And his tail kind of shooting out over the surface of the water. But I know about the ballista. You do know about the ballista. Okay, I'm going to go... So I'm going to follow Moog with the intent to find or to find that ballista, that thingy. Okay. You um, dive in after him? Yeah. Because you care? That's what Moog thinks. <laughs> okay. So Yeah, because she cares about winning. So... <laughs> You go down the stairs, and right as you get to the bottom, you see Moog jump out the window. Mm-hmm. And you're like, God oh, dang it. <laughs> go, Moog! <laughs> and uh, you kind of stow whatever it is you had in your hands and uh, cinch up, I don't know, your, your equipment real tight, mm-hmm. and you just jump right out after him. Yeah. Uh, roll me in athletics. I just want to see how far you get. Twelve. Okay. You pretty much land right next to Moog. Okay. Um, how do Tabaxi feel about being in the water? Um, I'm not super happy about it but i am black panther so oh. i'm not like a cat i'm like a big cat okay or so 10% of the time, 10%. guys moog moog knew what he saw <laughs> <laughs> and uh okay so yeah you you follow moog down there and you've got carlton kind of attacking this thing swinging back and forth along the side of the ship like the pirate he is exactly slashing <laughs> at this thing as he as he goes back and forth and the two other companions just jumped into the water. Switch, what are you doing? Okay, so he's going to start getting out his uh, DJ equipment. And he's just like, kind of like this is like the millionth time that he's done this. So he's just like nonchalantly like pulling out his speakers. Oh, okay. Putting one on each end. And he's like, yeah, move, jump jump in the water with, with the dinosaur. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, Sid, Sid, yeah, you should, you should jump in too. And I'll be up here by myself with, looks over at Carl. He's Carl, just swinging Carl, back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And he just, like, puts his head, headphones on and starts it. And then, like, it just, like... <laughs> that was my action to get all that stuff okay. set up. And then my bonus is going to be um, Bardic Inspiration. Okay. Who are you going to so, inspire? Uh, Carlton. I'll be the like... The only person see. he can see. Yeah. Or he can hear this. So yeah. I put the tube in my mouth and I'm just like... Let's go, Carlton! Thanks, my man. All right, Carlton, you feel sufficiently inspired. Oh. And, like, as you're setting up and everything like that, the tail is, like, flipping out of the water, slapping back down on the water. It's, like, swiping across your head. <laughs> and you're just, like, just sitting there, headphones just disinterested. on. Disinterested. Bouncing. <laughs> yeah. Just getting all of your levels set right. Uh, okay. That brings us all the way back around the horn to the Plesiosaurus. And uh, so what it's going to do is... It's going to submerge, go deeper a little bit, and then it's going to try and swim upwards and smash the bottom of the ship. And so it's going to make an attack. Into the squid? Uh, not necessarily into the squid, but uh, into... Because, like, the squid occupies maybe the back third. Where the motor is. It's the motor, yeah. <laughs> He's the motor. <laughs> uh, and then it's just a regular wooden boat uh, shape for the, uh, the two thirds towards the Why bow. Why would it not be just yeah. a regular boat? At Why the, not? The front. Why not? With the squid engine. <laughs> it's uh, the only difference, really. D and D, man. <laughs> My, I love this D and D. You're scratching discs on the top of yeah, it. Yeah, let's now. be real. <laughs> and no. you're having, you're being weirded out no. by the normal front no. of a boat. No. <laughs> it's funny because I'm like, yeah, it's just a normal boat in the front. You know, just a regular normal boat. It's all fun up here. <laughs> 
so uh, it smashes into the bottom, and uh, your DJ equipment, it scra- the record scratches because of the impact, and you get a little ticked off. You take the headphones off and look around. <laughs> Put them back, slap them back on. Uh, uh, I need... I need Carlton, I need you to roll me a strength saving throw. Oh, uh, okay. Just to try and hold on to the rope. Uh, 12. Okay, you're fine. So your arm's, like, wrapped around the rope, because um, when it jostles you free, it, it, like, lifts the boat out of the water a few feet, so you kind of go f- flying into the air, and then you slam back down on the side of the boat, but your Carlton gives a hearty laugh. Right He's on. enjoying this. Uh, so the boat's going to take some more damage, maybe. Oh, yeah, it does. Takes quite a bit. Have we seen this dinosaur before? Like, as a collective, have we? You've seen plesiosaurs before, okay. plesiosauri, but this one is way bigger. It is anything. a site for sauri. <laughs> is it? Saurus. Dad. <laughs> so, uh, at the same time, uh, I need Sid and Moog to roll me dexterity saving throws to avoid the tail lashing out in your guys' direction. Yeah. Ooh. Nine. 22. Okay. <laughs> what? It's those long arms. <laughs> Have you ever seen a cat in water? Exactly. <laughs> you're like, eh. I'm allergic So, Sid, you're going to take. So, no. You take, you take six bludgeoning damage, and you, Ooh, get, you get tossed, like, ten feet off of, away from where you were. Maybe in the water? In the water. I know. It's, That's so It's hard, yeah. <laughs> Does Mook see this? Yeah, it's tough to avoid a giant dinosaur tail. That he's, dinosaur just whooped your He's woman. angered. Oh, yeah? How angry? A little a little peeved. <laughs> angry enough to do something about it? Mate, yeah. You're not going to do anything. Bet you won't. Bet you won't, <laughs> mate. You, d- you dare me? <laughs> so, Carlton, it is your turn. You, you are still uh, affixed to, to the ship via rope, and the back of the dinosaur is still in plain view. Oh, I'm going to take another swing at it with okay. my battle axe. Um, 20 to hit. That is a hit. 14. Nice. All right, and you can hear from under the water uh, a, a, a slight bellow. Maybe he felt that one. Ooh. Moog, you get the opportunity to do something about the fact that uh, Sid just got hit by a dinosaur tail. Okay. Where am I in uh, relation to the... Alista. Uh, we'll say 10 feet away from Sid, 15 feet away from the Ballista. Um, Sid's not unconscious or anything, right? No. Okay, yeah. Sid can take care of herself. That's one of the reasons Moog's a fan. <laughs> oh. So. It's a strong independent cat. He's going to head for that Ballista. Okay. And wrap his giant arms around it. Okay. You swim towards it. Okay. Am I able to grab it? Yeah. So it kind of like flares out a little bit at the end. But as you get closer to it, you notice that there's something pinned between the Belisa. Like, so the Belisa sunk in. Yeah. It's in deep. Yeah. But there's something pinned between the entry wound of the Belisa and the, and the dinosaur itself. It looks like a really, like, decayed and decrepit corpse. Like a person? Like it used to be a person. Oh, my gosh. So in whatever great battle took place that wounded this creature, some dude was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Seriously wrong. And just got... The Rock, you know, like not the Dwayne Johnson, but the movie, got <laughs> shot out, attached to this ballista, and pegged to that dinosaur. Holy cow! Okay, so kind of it's kind of unnerving, but he's dead, so I mean he's not going to do anything to you, right? Uh, <laughs> you try to save him. Mook's, <laughs> Mook's seen a lot of death in his life, so it doesn't really like throw him for any kind of a loop. 
Okay. Um, he's in his head. He's got two options here, and so the first would be to remove the ballista if he could. Okay. So he's gonna try and give it a strength tug. Okay. To see if he can get it out at all. Okay. I'm gonna set the DC pretty high on this. That's just, right. Just so you know, because this has been lodged in there for quite some time. Okay. Maybe even the skin has started to grow around it, so it's gonna be pretty good. In gotcha. There. Okay. 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 Eighteen. 18. Okay. You kind of grab around the, the flared end of this ballista with your hands and then with your feet, prop them up against the plesiosaur itself mm-hmm. and just try and push yourself away from the plesiosaur with everything you've got. Yeah. And you, you feel like you're just not making any ground at all. And then at the very end, you feel it shift a little and slide out maybe six inches. Okay. So you got... It's moving. It's moving. It's, all right. It's not a heartless endeavor. All right. Does blood come out with it? Uh, not yet. He's just gritting his teeth then, and he's okay. going to hang on for dear life. Uh, Sid, so you just went tumbling backwards. Yeah. Uh, kind of spun around a few times, but you've recovered. You're upright, and you see Moog wrapped around that ballista. I think he's got the same idea you do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go behind Moog and put my arms around him Here and help pull. It's everything you ever dreamed of. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna join in on that. On your hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're ghosting right now. <laughs> All of a sudden, the righteous brother starts playing. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, if we had more money, we could have that song playing right now. <laughs> but we don't. So not, here we are. <laughs> so you go up behind him and you grab onto his hands, mm-hmm. help him, and we'll let you use your help, your action to help him. Yeah. So on his next turn. Perfect. He will roll with advantage. Okay. Very good. That so rarely gets used. It really doesn't get used a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Very cool. I appreciate it. Sid. Uh, It is Switch's turn. Uh, Okay. I assume this dinosaur is going to come back up. Yeah. Because he's underwater right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, his back is exposed, but he's, he's entangled with the squid under the boat right now, but his back is still above the water. Oh, okay. Um, But what about his face? Face is underneath. Is his face going to come back out? Probably. Maybe. Depends on how well this goes. Okay. I'm going to raise the BPM, and I'm going to... uh, What is BPM? Beats per minute. minute. (laughs) And I'm going to get it at a tone where it's going to cause deafness when he comes out, and then he'll have to roll for it. Okay. You're readying in action. Yeah. So I, since I've seen this dinosaur, I kind of know their tones on when... It's like a dog whistle kind of thing. <laughs> sure. So. Okay. But it's not affecting anybody else because they're not dinosaurs. <laughs> and I'm pointing it at him. <laughs> okay. So it is a targeted attack. Yeah. Okay. All Locking right. in on that frequency. That's it. So it is his turn. He feels the dinosaur. She, sorry. She feels something going on by the ballista. Okay. So Probably doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel great, but at the same time... This has been bothering her for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. She's very concerned, actually, at the moment with uh, what's going on on her back because yeah. Carlton just actually laid into her a little bit. So she is going to raise her head up out of the water and try and bite at Carlton. So does the does his ready thing happen the minute her head raises out of the water? I believe so. Uh, so describe to me what deafness does. Uh, you you have to make a constitution or a constitution saving throw. It's the same as blindness. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So this dinosaur will make a constitution constitution saving throw. Hui. Uh, nine. No. Okay. So the dinosaur is deafened. What are the? Oh, and for those of you that do not know, the uh, the effects of being deafened are the creature can't hear and automatically fails any ability checks that requires healing. I can, e- hearing, well, hearing. I can either blind or deafen, but since it's odd, I'll just, that's more flavorful. Than okay, I, I like it. So, uh, it raises its head to attack Carlton, and then all of a sudden, it like, it starts like looking back and forth, and gets, it sounds like it, or feels like it gets really disoriented, almost like vertigo, and uh, so it's going to try and like reach out and snap at you, Carlton, but again, it's, it's really weirded out at what's happening. Natty, natty, natty 20. So. Oh, fine. The deafness helps. It likes being deafened. It focused it. <laughs> you take 21 piercing damage as the jaws of this creature wraps itself around you. <laughs> Carlton! <laughs> it, I mean, like, it's 66, bro. Respect. <laughs> game recognized game. He fist bumps the, the dinosaur. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's unfortunate for you. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's keep going. Uh, Carlton, it is your turn. Uh, Carlton doesn't know what to do right now. Um, you can't have that much health left. Oh no. <laughs> oh, These no. characters are level three, by the way. I yeah, started them at yeah. level three. No, sir. I have a lot of health, and I don't have much more than that. Carlton's, uh, Carlton's not looking great. Um, that would have one shot me. Just a reminder you guys are aware that dead equals dead. Oh. I'm, I'm not trying to influence you one way or the other, yeah. but your characters are aware of There's the no death. No way to come back. Well, and we're on a moving boat, so I'm holding on to a rope ladder. So if I go unconscious, I'm just gonna go for a swim. You're gonna drown. <laughs> um, I want to get all right. So for my move, I'm going to uh, go back up onto the deck of the ship. Can I do that? That's fine. I was seeing if it had you in its jaws, but it doesn't. Okay, good deal. I am a very now, generous DM. For my action, <laughs> I would like to do uh, cure wounds on myself. Oh, okay, the selfish play. Uh, <laughs> yep. That's fine. What we all you... saw this coming. <laughs> <laughs> the self-preservation game is strong. Oh, I get six six points back, six HP. That's not bad. Nope. That's like a third. So that's I'm, I might still die though if I get attacked again. Yeah, but you know, risk you take. Uh, when I when I do that, I reach out uh, and I go, "Yo, DJ, hit me with those sick beats." I just point at him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for like, the, like it's a song request. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. got you. Just wait for the drop. Uh, <laughs> Moog, you're up. All right. Moog is going to take that advantage okay. from the assistance of Sid and okay. give He's it another. moved by the power of love. Give the ballista another big yank. Oh, thank goodness. One of them was a One of them fail. was a one. The other, however, was a 21. 21? All right. Giving it all you've got once more. You feel the ballista remove itself from under the fin about two more two feet oh, uh, awesome you can tell you're real close yes uh and with uh how long have we been underwater just out of curiosity oh, like, sake. not even 15 seconds okay okay again like uh, one round is six seconds so yeah you're, yeah, you're yeah. pretty good you can tell that it's getting easier to pull mm-hmm. uh the more you loosen it up so at, and at this point uh the 
corpse that's attached to it is just like flailing around a little yeah. bit. Um, I need you and Sid to both roll me a perception check, though. Okay. Great at these, as we've seen in the past. Only a 12. See, not bad. Uh, 19. Good grief. Oh, I'm blocked <laughs> by Moog all OP. the hair. Yeah, it's just because I'm, I'm closer. That's all of it. It's sure. all in my face. Uh, Moog, you see dangling from the belt of this corpse, uh, kind of like a velvet pouch. Okay. Do, do I have the ability to, s- to snatch it? You could if you wanted to. Yeah. He snatches it okay. really quickly. You, as, as it slides out, the, the corpse kind of like floats in the water towards you a little bit. Uh-huh. And you just reach out with with uh, a hand and rip it off the belt loop and like shove it in your... Does it, my hand go too? Since my hand is on guided, top of yeah. your hand. <laughs> so I grab the pouch too, basically. He'd hand it to you. Okay. If you're gonna, if you're, yeah, if you're there, can I just oh, hand yeah. it to her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sid, you now have a velvet pouch. Cool. The contents of which are a mystery. So uh, that brings us to you, Sid. Um, if you want to help again, you can. That would take your action uh, and wait for Moog me. to go. No, you. Don't I was gonna say, give it a shot. It's it's looser now. Oh, okay, uh, I'm gonna try and. But you're but you're there too. You want me to pull separately? I think I think give it a tug. Yeah okay. yeah yeah. Okay, I'll pull separately. Then. Okay. Yeah, just metagaming. The DC is uh, going to be a little bit lower because yeah. uh, the two of you have been able it. to loosen it quite yeah. a bit. Yep. That's bad. I can't. I no, not that low. Burning that dice. <laughs> Five. That is unfortunately not enough. So you kind of put the the pouch or the velvet pouch in your bag with one hand and try and like tug on it with the left, and it just does. You're not able to get a whole ton of ground. There's not not a lot of leverage since Moog's got his legs on the dinosaur. I'm useless tonight. We all have our roles to play. So that brings useless us. Useless is my role to play. Useless is my role. No, no I'm the strong, beefy guy. This is what I'm supposed. I'm supposed to pull the big, so, difficult. But what thing. am I? What am I doing? You've been leading our whole party this entire adventure so far. I told you to get on a boat. And <laughs> look it. where we're at. You did it with authority. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, on that boat. Yeah, this, this is working out well. Yeah, doing great job. Yeah, this is going really well. Switch. What you got for me? Uh, I'm gonna play my next song request, Ooh. and uh, I'm gonna start mashing up just some soothing tones. Oh, a little, with the a little remix? Yeah, a little nice. remix. I just start pointing at uh, oh, my boy yeah. Carlton over there, and I'll uh, roll Healing Word at level two. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Carlton, Carlton's laying back with his arms Ooh, outstretched. Uh, eight. Oh, that's my, pretty good. My man. All right, so what's the song you play? Ooh, uh, it's a custom one by me. Oh, it's, it's, your, yeah. own, it's your own remix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for like a, I believe in a thing called love. No, no, no. Uh, no auto tune on this one. No. <laughs> it's all about just those soothing tones. It's really acoustic. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is switch, switch unplugged. Yeah. A little sax in there maybe. Careless a little, whisper. A little light sax. Careless whisper. Ooh. Okay. Maybe it's a little nod to that. <laughs> Definitely no much. You guys are making my editing job really hard here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a it's a custom. <laughs> Think re- of it as like. Uh, definitely like a trap th- enthused. A <laughs> little bit of saxophone. With saxophone. <laughs> Just like. Yeah. But mostly acoustic. Okay. With some hard house. Some dubstep. It sounds really good, though. <laughs> uh, all right, dinosaur's turn. It, uh, it still being deafened. Does it save at the end of its turn for uh, being deafened? At, by the the, at the end. So I didn't. Do you want to roll? Yeah, I'll roll retroactively to see if it okay. stays deafened. Oh, definitely still deafened. It rolled really poor. Okay. Lower than the nine it had before. So it's still disoriented. It's still deafened. It's like, it just like bumps Good. its head into the side of the boat. Good mashup like. by me then. Yeah. Keeping that beat going. That's right. 
The crossfade is real strong. <laughs> a little too on the nose. Let's bring it back. <laughs> so uh, it's just like lightly like pounding its head into the boat, thinking like, what is wrong? Why can't I hear anything? Um, is it pounding its head into the boat on the beat, though? Uh, it's off rhythm. Oh. It's deaf. It can't hear the beat. Mm, it can't even feel it? No. Haven't you seen Mr. Holland's opus? I have, but... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Trippendorf's Tribe. That's, that's the, you can't make, I suppose, a Richard Dreyfuss film reference while you're fighting something at sea, because that's just Jaws. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So, what it's going to try and do, it, it, it realizes that this squid is not its prime target right now. And it's going to uh, back up real quick, so... Sid and Moo, you guys are kind of getting drug along. Okay. Kind of like uh, like you're getting pulled behind a boat. And it's going to slam forward. So I need uh, you guys to make a strength saving throw. Okay. This is my jam. Uh, Moogs will be higher. Sid's, you're just trying to hang on to Moog at this point. Natural 20, Reed. Oh, boy. The dice gods love me today. 17. Okay, you, you guys are both fine. Uh, in fact, Moog, roll me another strength uh, strength check. Uh, that would be 23. All right. <laughs> the, the momentum of you getting jostled forward after the, uh, the drag or the dragon, the dinosaur makes impact with the boat allows you to rip the ballista clean, f- clean out. Yes. And blood starts pouring out uh, a little bit. Just it, it's very <laughs> pouring like out a little bit. Well, it's like, <laughs> it's not, it hasn't been like constantly bleeding this whole time. Otherwise it would have died. So it's like clotted quite a bit. Sure. So you just rip the scab open. And it's so it needs to make an attack on the boat real quick. Then I'll resolve what happens with that. Yeah, definitely attacks the boat. Minimum damage, barely. Uh, it's it sees switch, dropping mad beats up on the top of the deck, and it just focuses in on you. And it opens its mouth wide and it start lunging down towards your your uh, turntables. And right as it gets like five feet away from you, all of a sudden it stops and like starts flapping its left fin a little bit and then it like it picks up its head and whips it back around and looks down and sees uh this ballista sinking into the sea because it's very heavy right and you guys kind of floating in the water now having just emerged from it and it looks down and just stops it's not ramming into the boat it's stopped attacking switch and it just like it dives really deep all of a sudden that's its action Carlton, what do you do? Carlton's feeling pretty good from those uh, those sweet, sweet tunes. So he gets up, brushes himself off real quick, grabs his battle axe, runs back to the rope ladder. Okay. Uh, you, you hop on the rope ladder and look down, and you can just see, like, the shadow of the dinosaur swimming to the bottom of the mm. sea. So he shakes his fist. <laughs> I'm going to say we're out of combat for the time sure, being. we can get to the boat. You sw- yeah, you swim to the rope ladder. Uh, you get to the top. Palwyn is just like, like on edge, right by the helm. She's she's looking around feverishly. Sees you guys emerge from the water and is just like, "What the heck is going on?" And a few seconds go by. The volume on switches turntables starts to come down a little bit. It's closing time. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> like you know what I've done my duty. And then all of a sudden, way off in the distance, probably like uh, 150 feet, this thing shoots up out of the water, splashes down, shoots up out again, splashes back down. It swims right up next to the boat, pokes his head up out of the water, 
and shoots you guys with water. Moog's arms are wide open with the cord. <laughs> He's and like ready. You just get sprayed in the face with water, and as much as you can sense a dinosaur smiling, you feel like this dinosaur is smiling at you. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to use speak with animals. You have that? Yeah. Awesome. And I'm going to say... Wait, you, what, what class are you again? Druid. Yeah, so like that's pretty... Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I say, swim freely, dear dinosaur, just like that. Real awkward. Very awkward. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Just fits with the tone of my roles tonight, guys. <laughs> awkward. You're a good dinosaur. Please be good. <laughs> so, uh, so it just kind of like it flips on its back and just kind of like with its disproportionately sized fins. They're very small for its body. It just starts like, like very just nonchalantly flapping in the water, kind of sending itself swimming in these kind of weird uh, zigzaggy paths. Yes. And it's, now it's just following the path of the boat. Moog uh, says, it is beautiful. But he is uh, not looking at the dinosaur. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Okay. Oh. <laughs> is he looking at himself? I'm glad this is a one shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. I could handle this every week. Me this is further than too. one episode. <laughs> no. So, no. Palwin walks down off the, the elevated, like, helms position, just eyes wide and mouth agape. She's like, I can't believe it. In all these years, all this time, she's just mad about a bolt in her wing. Wouldn't you be? Well, yeah, but none of us ever took the time to notice, let alone do anything about it. You should be more perceptive. I don't know why you emphasize perceptive like that, but... I'm uh, trying to teach Moog new vocabulary oh, that's, words. That's you have never heard of the tail? He shoots his eyebrows up. <laughs> I'm ask. going to regret no, this. No, 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 no. But what tail, Moog? <laughs> oh, no. The tail of the owlbear that had a nail in its paw. Yeah, I do regret this. <laughs> I was right. Uh, no, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's what she said. She's like, I know the whole story. No he had need, his book out. He was no getting ready need to... for retelling. I know the whole story. It is a good tale. Yeah, was great he tale. Owly? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. He gets the reference. Also, I Googled it, and that is a thing. So, sorry, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, Powell's just like rubbing her forehead, just like amazed at this. She's like, sailors and traders have sailed the long way around Chult, going the complete opposite direction for years because of her. Only to find that she's just the friendliest darn dino you have you've ever met in your whole life. They aren't dino trappers like we are. Beasts are not always what they seem. I gotta hand it to you guys. I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I uh, agreed to do this job, but uh, you're a right bunch, uh, right, right good bunch of adventurers you are. We Moog. know dinosaurs. Moog smiles. So, at this point, Calypso lurches the boat forward again, and you see that the dinosaur starts following, starts following the same path as the boat. It actually swims out kind of in front of the boat, almost like a, an escort. Okay. And it just carries on. As the boat's moving, Palwin says, you know, we're not quite out of the woods yet. You know, there's, there's still quite a bit of dangers out here. Terrible sea creatures and Stuff that messes with your mind, really. But uh, she kind of like glances out above the bow. She goes, 
I have a feeling that they won't be messing with us, though, if, uh, if our friend stays out ahead of us. I'm so. guessing there was another way we could have ended that fight. Yeah, I mean, like, metagaming entirely. Um, if you would have killed the thing, you would have had to face more creatures. But now this thing is, like, fending them off. I'm going to name her Plessy. Short for placebo. No, it's like Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. Uh, Only plesiosaurus. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys actually would have faced some other things had you okay. uh, had you not saved that creature. So awesome. Uh, well done. You you successfully did not kill a dinosaur that you could have killed. It's an odd it's an odd turn for dinosaur trappers, but we're trappers. We're not killers. That's true. I did ask the man, "Are you going to harm the mini T Rex?" The T Rex. So, uh, the Nautilus continues sailing towards uh, Refuge Bay, the cove surrounding the destroyed ruins of Ishao. Once within range, Powin signals for Arik to release the boat, like the little rowboat that's attached to the side, so the four you can hop on and head into land. But ships that big can't really sail uh, right up against the, the shore because it has no way of getting out. <laughs> so They probably need to make repairs, too, I would bet. Yeah, it's going to spend uh, the time that you're, that you're on shore making the repairs and stuff like that. All right, you get on the boat. Again, this is probably 2, 3 p.m., so the sun is still pretty pretty well ahead. Moogle Row. Okay. Uh, you hop Thank in, you. and you head towards shore. It doesn't take you very long, maybe 5, 10 minutes. And you get to shore, you beach the boat, and uh, you make your way towards the entrance of this really dense jungle. So what do you guys do? This is your time to shine as trappers. Guys, this is uncharted territory. For the most part. For the most part, uh, I do need to uh, the 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 dinosaur out there that decided to like splash zone us. Yeah, got some of my equipment wet. Okay. Do we have time to just rest for a second so I can go through that? Yes. You can take a short rest. Okay. I will look for tracks. Okay. okay. If you're so, going, if you're going to look for tracks, yes. Um, I need you to roll me a survival check. I'm skilled in that, Reed. Hey, I figured you might be. That's twenty-one. Okay. While Switch is kind of airing out his gear, you're, you're kind of just sitting uh, sitting on the beach, catching your breath, relaxing. After a few minutes, Moog comes over and says to you guys uh, that he thinks he's found some tracks. You're not quite, you're not sure if it's small dinosaurs sure. or maybe um, a large group of humanoids. Okay, okay. Because, again, you know that this area is pretty pretty overrun with uh, with exotic dinosaurs. Yeah. So this would be a pretty common place for trapping companies like yourself to to hunt these. Okay. Um, either way, you know it's heading into the jungle, and you can track it with pretty relative ease. All righty. You guys move through the jungle, trying to track the path of the dinosaurs, and you come across this, like, super run-down village of a time, like, long since past. It looks ancient, just uh, at quick, at a first glance. The houses are, like, formed out of really rough logs and mud. And with like straw and other foliage being used as the roof, uh, there are no paved roads or signs of advanced technologies anywhere. So you feel kind of like you've just stumbled in this like almost like time warp of like old technology and antiquated be- uh, lifestyles. Hmm. It's deserted. There's no one there. Uh, but just with all of this area, um, there's a lot of like muddy footprints, stuff like that. And you, I need to, ro- I need to have you roll me another nature check to determine if you can track. Appropriately. N- nature or survival? Survival, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Um, Na- another natural 20. Okay. While he's trying to find things, Sid remembers that she has the velvet pouch, and so she's going to pull it out and open it. Okay. Inside the pouch, you see four rings. Ooh. I totally forgot. I forgot about that already. Me too. 
No assistance. Um, she's really happy about it because she likes shiny things. Wait, did I say four? I meant three. <laughs> I have four fingers. Hey, guys. I found these rings. Cool. Why don't you wear them? No, I want you to have one. No, I'm good. No, you are gifting this is a ring? Carlton, don't wear that unless it's dope. It is dope. Look. And I hand him the the, the dopiest. Oh. What are, what do they look like? The four rings? Just silver rings. So they're all just simple, simple silver rings? Yeah. Notice I said dopiest and not dopest. Yeah. Okay. I really think it would be helpful if we had some company insignia, but we don't have that. So this is the best we've got in this moment. Mm. It's our brand. You got to protect the brand. Diagonal so, 210. Yeah. This is our uniform. Moog, uh, yes. Moog if, if Sid wants us to wear the rings, Moog puts one on, her, on his pinky. Okay. You feel a certain sense of calmness come across when you put mm. it on. You're very, <laughs> you're very at ease. Thank you, Sid. Okay, I put mine on. Okay, same thing. Okay. So, despite the heavy foot traffic around this area and the kind of crappy terrain, you're just dialed in, man. Uh, I'm in the zone. Yeah, you, you move exactly where you know you need to go, and you're able to follow this path to completion all the way exactly to your destination. And after about 30 more minutes of moving through the jungle, uh, you come across another... Another civilization, another one of those like ruined houses and stuff like that, except this time you see activity. There's stuff moving. There's individuals moving. People. People even. Multiples. (laughs) There are people here. What do they look like, Reed? So they're tall, kind of, uh, very slender, but muscular build. Are they cats? No. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. Oh. Are they dogs? More more appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They... They have a lot of adornment on their on their clothes, so they're pretty like slimmed down. Uh, not a lot of like covering or excessive clothes. They feel like maybe it's used for uh, better mobility. Okay, but they've got like leathers and some kind of bone interweaved in there. I will say they're tall and kind of like mixture of like green tan skinned, but they've got pointed ears like an elf. They look, they look like they're just roaming around their civilization, carrying on like normal. Carlton would like to stealth in and get a closer view. Okay, go ahead and roll me a stealth, stealth check. Uh, 15. Okay, so you're, you're just like, hold on, guys, I got this. The eight-foot tall guy is going to move in quiet. <laughs> Look at that moving tree. <laughs> you, were, you make your like way. He rubs mud really slowly over his muscly arms. <laughs> Kind of like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is clean, Predator? man. In Predator? <laughs> sure. Go Still on. got your shirt on, right? This is uh, clean. He's got like a... It's cut off. This is clean. <laughs> it's a cut off? Fishnet. It's just cut a off. vest. It's cut off. <laughs> just in case there's a draft covering your abdomen and not your arms. That's fine. So you you start moving your way up. You're moving actually surprisingly uh, stealthily through this kind of dense jungle to a point where you just kind of get to a little bit of a clearing where this, uh, where these houses and huts have been set up and, uh, you kind of like peel back some branches with your hands and you're kind of looking through and then to your left, you hear a whisper. What are we looking for? And you look over and it's like one of those people. Sup. (laughs) (laughs) So the creature next to you stands up and like, Kind of starts trying to drag you out of the out of the brush into the clearing. 
Is he eight feet tall? He's not eight feet tall. He's like six feet tall. We're watching all this happen from... As soon, yeah, like, you can see a second creature stand up out of the brush next to Carlton. Oh, look. The Goliath. He got tall because he was trying to be sneaky. <laughs> That's so weird. I just roll my eyes and start walking towards Carlton. Right. I'll Google. go, too. Mugu follow. So as you guys are walking there, everyone is now aware of your presence. They turn, and one guy, with he's kind of got this long staff with uh, a bone, like in a C-shape, but it's real jaggedy and pointed on, pointed on one end, and it's attached to the end of this staff. So he just kind of uses it like a walking stick more than anything. Not hostile, not pointing it at you guys or aggressive at all. He walks up and just puts his hand up and says, uh, Hello, strangers. What are you doing in my jungle? Doing a nature walk. You seem very well equipped for a nature walk. Uh, have you seen the jungle? <laughs> Moog leans over and goes, Switch, we are hunting a dinosaur. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. We are uh, not uh, hunting. You, you start hearing a bunch of murmuring throughout the crowd. You are here to hunt dinosaurs. We're not no. hunting dinosaurs. No. He has a very, very primitive understanding of language. He does not understand what hunting means. We are not hunting them. What are you doing with the dinosaurs? If you must know, we just saved one. That is evasive and not answering my question. Uh, listen, can we continue? Or I cannot stop you. We will not stop you. We only ask that you respect the rule of nature here. Dinosaurs are meant to live out here, not in the cities, not working for people with agendas or fighting in their, in their wars or running in their races. All this time, people hunting dinosaurs have only thought whether or not they could do it and not whether or not they should do it. It's not a Jurassic Park quote. You're welcome. <laughs> Did you watch it this week? No, prep? I didn't. Oh, okay. You just have it in. Yeah, it's memorized. Okay. Gotta watch that movie again. My people... Protect all nature, including the dinosaurs. But we will not fight you, nor will we stop you. I think we may be able to come to an agreement, perhaps. As the proprietor of this troop, I'm listening. Well, many travelers, hunters, such as yourself, come through this area, woefully unprepared for the dangers that they face. I believe you. As such... They have left behind quite a bit of spoils. Go on. How about, instead of capturing a dinosaur and taking it back with you wherever you go, you bring the trapped dinosaurs back here and release them back into the wild where they belong. You do that, we can give you everything that those other less capable hunters have left behind. Sidebar? Yeah. What do you think, boss lady? I want to this. I want to hear from my my uh, teammates. You're no longer my employees. You're co-owners. Oh, we've been released. <laughs> Carlton pieces out. <laughs> See ya. Peace. I want to liquidate. <laughs> I like to I'm sell selling my shares. shares. Just kidding. Everyone is a co-owner except for Carlton. Uh, <laughs> you're the intern. <laughs> you're the intern, sir. So wait, this guy wants to. He wants us to bring the dinosaurs back to him? He wants us to rescue dinosaurs, bring them back, and release them on the island. Uh, I do not like this. He assumes very much. About the dinosaurs and what they want? About 
nature. What do you mean? If I were in my natural state, I would be with the other bugbears, raiding and killing. I am unnatural. <laughs> you can say that again. But Moog is good. I don't do we know. We just want... let, do we just let the money decide? I mean, we need the money. What does we that mean? Money. Let the money decide. What's, we this guy got, what's this guy got to offer? Like he what's got more than uh, 500 gold pieces? Well, listen. We took this guy's ship here. Hey. What are we going to, when they pick us back up or whatever the heck, and we're like, oops, forgot the dinosaur, but we got a <laughs> golden treasure box. <laughs> I mean, we have no means of getting back to our office. Hey, we could uh, we could leave Mook here and uh, you uh, know. no, we're okay. not leaving Cro- Mook. He's not uh, like Mook. bartering. Calm down. Pieces. Can you two just get along? One time, Mook tries. Mook tries to be Mook, just like you Carlton. Try a lot of things, and it's <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sid, what you say, Mook will do. I know Mook. Thank you. Uh, end goal. Yeah. I want to be back in the office. Yes. Listening to my music. So I don't know how us saving the dinosaurs <laughs> and getting some trinkets and then having no way back to I the see office. Your, I see your point. So what, I see your point. I think we should continue. So and we got two. Get the dinosaur. Two for getting the dinosaur. Uh, Carlton. Are, are we raising intern. our hands? Intern. Taking a vote? I, uh... The intern doesn't get a vote. <laughs> <laughs> I just want that sweet, sweet gold in my pocket. Uh, Okay, so I guess we're going to still try and capture this dinosaur. Okay. Uh, Carlton breaks huddle, turns around to the guy who's been talking to us. All right, what do you say, Carlton? Uh, Carlton puts his uh, his hand pretty commandingly on the guy's shoulder. And uh, he goes, uh, why are you so aggressive all the time? <laughs> every, every he only has every one gear. Character. <laughs> every character. He's got that cheetah blood. <laughs> Dan just is like, and chaotic evil. Okay. <laughs> it's always highlighted on his things. Uh, you know. He has it tattooed on his body somewhere. Aw. Carlton has a lot of tats. No, I meant you, Dan. <laughs> I meant you, Dan. <laughs> Straight out of jail, baby. <laughs> They're all nautical All stars. right, so Carlton uh, puts his hand on the guy's shoulder. He goes, uh, listen, bud. My boy Ron back home really wants to uh, really wants to get his hands on a T Rex. He's uh, big into racing. So uh, unless you got more than uh, say three thousand gold, I think we're gonna go on our merry way. That is your decision. And he kind of removes your hand from his shoulder and <laughs> walks away. So you guys leave the Umani behind and you travel deeper into the Uncharted Jungle. You continue for about 15 minutes before coming to a small stream about seven feet across. It's trickling slowly through a stone barrier that's damming a nearby marsh. And moving across this tributary, you crest a small hill covered in tall plants and overgrowth, revealing a clearing on the other side. And sitting in the middle of this clearing are three small Tyrannosauruses. Only about 10 feet in height, they are relatively young, and not being full-grown, you know that these creatures are far more quick and nimble than their full-grown counterparts, making them the perfect specimens for racing. Ooh, I have... We have... We are here. <laughs> you want to try that again, Moo? Um, there are 
Baby T-Rex. <laughs> baby T-Rex. It's a little baby T-Rex. <laughs> your baby. I don't know how words are going to come out until I say them, guys. This isn't like a language I'm, pretend, I'm mimicking. Who are the But we need to be careful that they do not call for their mom. <laughs> God, where are you going? Your voice. Flare town, language. <laughs> Sorry, it's you're like all looking at me. It's like it's a lot of pressure. It's like a drunk Christopher Walken. Yeah, it's like you're trying not to cry. Like, hey, I'll dial it back. I'll we dial could. it back. The babe is going get one. But, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of them down there. This, these these baby T Rex. They're, they're dinosaurs. <laughs> oh. Okay, so you tell us that. So um, what do you guys do? All right, guys. We're going to need some music for this one. Uh, Moog, stand over there. Protect me while I set up my stuff. He does. Start the music up a little okay. bit. Okay. And uh, Build into a crescendo. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cast Animal Friendship on one of the T-Rex with the music. Okay. The spell lets you convince a beast that you mean it no harm. Choose a beast that you can see within range. It must see and hear you if the beast's intelligence is four or higher. The spell fails. It must succeed on a wisdom saving throw okay. or be charmed by you for the spell's duration. Okay. What is your spell save DC? Uh, 12. It rolled a seven. Okay. It's kind of sitting there, and all of a sudden, it just kind of like starts bouncing a little bit on its on its two hind legs, feeling the rhythm, feeling the rhyme. It kind of like cocks its head to the side where, where the source of music's coming from, and it kind of starts like waddling towards you guys making your way up the hill and it gets to the top and it's just entranced by the music that's playing it gets right up to you very much focus on what you're doing gag it carlton carlton gags it okay slowly very slow you just put like a muzzle on it yeah okay just after getting the muzzle on the creature you hear the thunderous sound of hulking footsteps all around you your, your senses are like overwhelmed I'm, I'm using my danger sensibility Oh, yeah, what's it telling you? Uh, it says you gain an uncanny sense of when things nearby aren't as they should be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we hear thunderous sounds. <laughs> so you can hear this sound. like It sounds like a stampede is circling you guys. You can actually hear it like running laps around you. And just at the very end of the slap, it bursts out of the tree line in front of you, this massive T-Rex. It leaps forward and lets out a mighty roar. Uh, the young dinosaur that you've taken is like shaken from its little trance that it had and it begins to whimper through its muzzle which is not a great sound for an adult mama dinosaur to hear it's a prank her her baby dinosaur (laughs) whimpering you've been punked just kidding just kidding (laughs) so what do you guys do can we ask the dinosaur if it has a baby it cares less about yeah like a runt runt of the litter (laughs) which is your least favorite can we give one of our party for the baby uh, oh, do one, for, do one for one tray. We hold one Mook, for one. Back to, the, one. back to the wild. Oh, Dan, it's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlton's going to the pop, to the mama. <laughs> She'll take good care of you. Promise. So the the baby dinosaur is not going anywhere. Like we either have to like let it go or fight the mama. Correct. That's the option. We can't right. run with it. It no. My my guess is that it's futile. The dinosaur is going to try and like retreat back to its mom so you'll have to guide it if you try and run okay, and okay. i mean this this is the question though is like do you kill a dinosaur even though you guys are just trappers or do you return the dinosaur and potentially go out of business forever mook pulls out his uh his man this, of ma- action. this massive weapon from behind his back what it's is it called a barkandur 
And uh, <laughs> how do you say bark? that in normal? Like it's goblinoid. It's goblinoid for uh, for <laughs> weapon of death. Oh, you oh. speak and goblin now. He's a bugbear. That's yeah, their that's, native that's language. What they speak. Okay. <laughs> o- okay. Okay. That's why right. he has trouble speaking common. If you <laughs> haven't picked that up, respect. <laughs> I thought it was just because you were a wild animal. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But what this is? The bugbear education system is quite terrible. <laughs> it's it's really failed him. It's like a great axe. Uh, with like two heads, one on each side. There's no like like oh. like like the double blade lightsaber. You know what I mean? It's got yeah. blades on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one has double headed axe heads on both sides. Oh, and it's Danger. really long. So the weapon of death, man. I guess. And he roars back in response to the T Rex. Okay, I think that's uh, declaring initiative. Your oh. intent to fight. So let's roll them for sure. Roll initiatives. Twelve. Carlton, twelve. I'm gonna die. Hey, can anyone beat twelve? I I got twelve. And my dexterity is... I think Carlton's probably higher because he's a ranger. Six. Okay. Well, fun fun stuff. Uh, the dinosaur gets to go first. Of course. Oh, yeah. good. Moog, I got to be honest. The dinosaur probably would have had to do a coin flip on who to attack before you got out in front of everybody and yelled at it. So I think it's going to go after you. Okay. All right. Perfect. I mean, I think that was kind of Moog's goal. This is terrifying because I know nothing about dinosaur stats. Uh, well, here's here's what we're, you sh- we're trainers. We, we're trappers. We, no. we have a Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, Kelsey oh. knows nothing about oh. dinosaur stats. Oh, okay, okay. Kelsey yeah, is terrifying. Here's what you should know. Um, Stand perfectly it's a still. It's a T Rex. It won't see you. <laughs> There's there is a possibility that it could one hit you. Oh great. Okay. That's just how this goes. Okay. Because it's a full grown Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> so whatever. It's a one off anyway. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. If we lose the kid. Death is permanent here. Death is just permanent. Yeah, that's all. This T-Rex is going to lunge forward, uh, stepping in the river, and then reach out and snap at you. Okay. It's going to try and bite you. 23 to hit. Oh. That is a hit, Reed. Okay. Uh, Moog, he gets you by the waist, picks you up, and just chomps down on you, dealing you 27 points of damage. Ow. So I need you to roll me a uh, strength or dexterity saving throw to yeah. escape this grapple that he's going to okay. try and do to you. 16. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so as he picks you up and his teeth start digging into you. Can I have you, like one, uh, like a, a teeth in each hand? Like a tooth in each hand? A teeth in each hand. He's really <laughs> in character. He d- can't speak right now. Are, did you roll strength or dex? Strength. Okay, then strength. that's fine. We'll say that you... Uh, you you grab a tooth in each hand and you pry it open just enough to slide out okay. and you slide back down to the ground. Okay, grab my harkandur. Perfect. Carlton, you're up. Carlton's pretty terrified of this beast, but he's going to cast Hunter's Mark on it. Okay. Then I'm going to go up to it with my battle axe and just start uh, hacking away. Okay. Oh, just a regular battle axe, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only need a regular battle axe. Oh! <laughs> Uh, 25 to hit. Got him. 12 damage. Okay. So while he's got Moog in his, in his clutches, you walk up kind of near his, uh, like left side leg Mm. and just dig that ax right into where the leg meets the body. And, uh, while Moog thinks that he was strong enough to pry the jaws apart, (laughs) it's the, the searing pain of an ax in its side that causes him to release his grip a little bit and Moog slips right out. So, uh, yeah, you deal him 12 points of damage. Nice. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Uh, Moog, it is your turn. All right. Um, Moog, uh, with the Harkandur in his hands, he will run towards the beast and attack regularly. After all that, you're not a little upset? You can do what you want, but I'm just surprised. 
In my flaws, I legitimately wrote there's only one thing that will make him rage. Okay, that's fine. That he, 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 he's fighting to maintain his humanity no matter what. So he's going to run towards... Uh, where, where did Carlton attack again? From the left side. So he's going to run towards the left side and try and double up on the same spot. Oh, okay. 24. That is a, that is a hit. 11 damage. Okay. So yeah, you walk up to him and you kind of like pick up your side... As you uh, pull yourself off the ground, you're bleeding pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of dismissing that thought, you uh, drag your, what's it called? Harkendur. That you drag it across the jungle floor, and then you get to where Carlton has already laid his axe on him and slice upward right in the underside of the leg and uh, deal, deal even more damage. Well done. So uh, that brings us to Oliver. All right. These are my worst fears come true. All right. He's just going to throw his speakers down. He doesn't have time to set up anything, so... No light show, just... No, no just Straight to the music, okay. straight to the music. Um, box, B, I appreciate box, the B, getting right to it. He's going to crank it, and uh, I'm going to cast uh, Blindness. Okay, what does he have to roll? Constitution saving throw. Okay, she's pretty constitution-y. Okay. What's your spell save, DC? Uh, 12. No lie, crit fail. Ah! Yes! DJ yes! Yes! DJ DJ Switch coming in hot. Yeah. Okay. So just as you're getting your equipment set up, you crank the volume knob and the music blares loudly. The dinosaur gets really confused. And then coming from your equipment is a blinding, piercing light that the dinosaur stares straight at. And as soon as the beat drops and everything goes back to normal, you the dinosaur just is... Totally blind, uh, can't see any, can't see anything, and uh, your music is still pumped in the background. So well done. It didn't, is. Didn't have those eclipse glasses. No, nope. he did not. Uh, and then I'm gonna do a bonus action, and uh, I'm gonna cast uh, Healing Word mm. uh, for my my boy Moog. Uh, eight. All right, very good round. DJ Switch. That brings us to Sid. Great. Um, I am upset about what happened to Moog. And so I am going to wild shape mm. into Dionicus. Chus. 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 Come again? Fire with Dionychus. It's a, a larger cousin of the Velociraptor. Oh. Okay. And that's a bonus action because of my druid choices. And so then I will use my action to multi-attack. Okay. <laughs> fire for fire. Ooh. One is oh 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 that's two natty twenties. What? 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 Yeah. Woo! What are the statistic possibilities of that? One in four hundred. <laughs> saving it, saving it for Wizards of the Coast, are we? That's for you, for Greg special... Tito and Shelley. Again, I don't think they're involved with this, I but I still <laughs> made it for them. Um. Okay, so what do I... Okay, plus four to hit, so 24, 24, and 16. You can attack three times? It's my multi-attack. It's one with its bite and two with its claws. Okay, so roll double damage on the bite, double damage on one of the claws, and then regular damage on the second claw because you hit with all three. Okay. Good grief. Do I add my... To you, both? You only add your damage, like your plus yeah. damage modifier once. Okay. To each, to each roll, though. So 13. 14. So that's uh, 27. Then... Just, what was the last damage number? I, I did Four. a one. Okay. What was the total damage? 31. Oh my 
gosh. As a level three character. <laughs> that would have one shot me. Okay. While Moog and Carlton have the, the T-Rex distracted, you go right for the throat. You climb up this creature and plant your, your jaw around its neck and just use both hands to claw at it wildly. And it is very upset. The Deinonychus is known for feeding while the creature's still alive. So that would explain the 220s. You're eating it. It is its turn and it be angry. <laughs> so out of nowhere, it's blind, it's confused. The music was overwhelming and it just starts bleeding profusely from all of these neck wounds that it's receiving right now. It's going to try and reach down and snatch at you, snap at you with its jaws. That's fair. Yeah. Does a 12? Nope. Okay. And that's your Dionicus stats, right? Yep. Okay. So it, it reaches down and you're just nimble enough as this, as this kind of more agile dinosaur to bob back and forth and avoid getting snatched in its mouth. Okay. Then when it realizes it's not succeeding, it's going to turn very quickly and snap its tail at uh, Carlton. Ooh. Sorry. It doesn't know it's you, Carlton. It's, a, well, it's, it's not a, you. <laughs> Carlton just froze because he was taught that if you stand still, T-Rex can't see. 19? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It turns around and is going to whip its tail very suddenly at you. Carlton doesn't understand why this is happening. <laughs> He's like, this is not how it should be going. 17. Okay. Bl- bludgeoning damage. And it sends you flying backwards 10 feet. And you go skidding across the jungle floor right into that rocky barrier uh-huh. that was keeping the, the marsh dammed up. Yep. And you smack your like the back of your head into one of the stones. Oh. And it comes like it like it dislodges itself. And all of a sudden, like water starts pouring out a little bit faster. Not like like gushing out, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just like the, wa- the the flow of the water picks up. But you're just sitting there like, oh, rubbing the back of your head. Really, really hurt and dazed. So that is the dinosaur's turn. It is your it is your turn now, Carlton. So you can do what you look. Li- How's you that wish. dino looking? It's bleeding pretty good. It's got uh, two axe wounds in its left leg, and it's you can see blood start to like run down the front of its body. Uh, like it's in bad bad shape, or just a bad day at the office. Like we just really irritated it. It's definitely irritated, but I I think you can tell just in your experience as a trapper mm-hmm. that um, it's probably like. As it seems now, if the fight were to end, it would survive, but much more damage to it, and it might not be able to survive, and it might bleed out. Uh, I get back up on my feet. Okay. I charge towards that beast. Excellent. Uh, with my axe in hand, I uh, go at it again. Okay. Before you roll, yep. um, I'm going to roll the constitution saving throw to save from the blind, because okay. I forgot about that. So I didn't want to just suddenly be like, yeah, he's not blind anymore, guys. Ten? Okay, dang, he's still blind for his next turn. Guys, I'm pretty sure it's a she. Sorry. If you I all s- keep calling it he. Yeah, it is a she. Represent. Uh, 19 to hit. 19 is a hit. <laughs> 13. Okay. Where do you charge at? I'm going to, if I can choose, I'm going to keep going back towards the spot that Moog and I hit. Okay. So you run towards the back of the dinosaur, and when you get to the tail, you do this like sweet slide under it. Because you're like, I don't want to get hit by this thing yeah. again. So you slide, and right as you come to a stop, you swing upwards and clip it right on the inside of the leg. And yeah. the last time you hit it on the outside, you look pretty cool. You look pretty cool doing it. I'm not gonna. Cool I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Moog, you're up. 
Okay, he's gonna go ahead and take another swing at the back of the leg. Okay. Again. Twenty-two. Yep. And ten slicing damage. Okay. This time he used the backside of his harkendur. All right, so you dig in the first time and then slice up the back yeah, time. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. cool, cool. All right, you do that, and it keeps letting out screams because it's just, and it, it doesn't know where it's getting attacked from. It's just getting hit, or she doesn't know where, where she's getting attacked from. It's just hitting her everywhere. Okay. And she's confused and disoriented and really, really not happy right now. So that brings us to Oliver. Okay, I'm going to keep the music going, and I'm going to roll Healing Word again on me. Okay. Uh, six. Nice. And then I'm going to add a little bass in it. Ooh. Ooh. I love the multifaceted tones. Bardic Inspiration to Moog. Yes. All right. Moog, you have a D6 to use at your disposal. Moog is loving the music right now. <laughs> what is Moog's, like, ideal battle music? He To him? Careless Whisper? When that <laughs> No, when that bass turns on, it's like the drums of war. Oh, like, okay. he's like... Oh, so you're more of, like, a Mad Max kind of guy. Just, like... Yeah, like, like the guys on the back of the cars as they bang the drums as they go. He gets that crazy look in his eye. Okay. I like it. Sid, you're up. Great. And you're currently latched onto the neck of this creature. I'm going to try and bite and dig, dig again. Okay. 15, a 14, and a 23. Okay. Two of the three head. We'll say one bite and one claw. 11. So once again, you, you try and uh, dig in with both hands. One of them it like hits maybe one of the harder, scalier parts of of the skin, and your hand, your claws just kind of like uh, bounce off, and so you're almost about to fall when the when the right hand digs in, and then while you're hanging there, you pull yourself up and latch back on with your mouth. It is her turn. She's gonna try and bite you again, Sid. Natty twenty. Okay, well. Natty twenty. This oh boy. Sid's probably gonna go down here. Yeah, even through all of her. Well, all you do wild in shape. Wild Shape, like just... thinking of the damage that you took, yeah, without it being a natty twenty. Oh, yeah, geez, she... that it wasn't a natty twenty, no. wasn't it? No. Oh my oh, gosh. gosh! Maybe she has Wild Shape plus, but if it goes past her, she just turns back to. But regular. takes the damage on top of it. Yeah, still. but she still takes. Them. How many hit points does your dinosaur have? Twenty-six. So you'll take twenty-six right off the top, and then you'll apply the rest of the hit points to you as a person. Okay. Forty-five damage. Okay, I have exactly forty-five hit points. That's that downs you then. Yep. I'm down. So blinded, like literally blinded, and also in a furious rage, you see this T-Rex reach down instinctively at that last neck bite, and it just chomps down on this creature, this Dionicus. Dionicus. And it picks up like throws her up in the air. She goes flailing for a bit and then lands back in her mouth and just crunches down hard. You can hear bone snapping, all kinds of messed up stuff. And uh, this all happens in an instant. The the big T-Rex tosses the body to the side, and you see a tabaxi hit the ground. Obsidian! <laughs> That's your full name, right? Obsidian Vane. Yeah. yeah. The T-Rex lets out a massive roar after that. No no, no fudging on the dice rolls, guys. Double damage is Rip. death. If you you're take not, double your... Eight, you're, still, eight you're still just unconscious. It has to be double yeah, damage from, from yeah, the top gone. to the your negative. So I closed sure. the book and I said, rip. As if that wasn't enough, T-Rex is going to multi-attack. So now it's going to uh, turn and try and uh, tail whip you there, Moog. Still blinded. Still blinded. It will, it will attack with disadvantage. 15. <sighs> Meat. Gosh, oh. darn it. Sorry, man. It's all right. 13. And Down you, to single digits now. And you go skidding across the jungle floor. Okay. 
sailing about 10 feet before you hit the ground. I would, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you right now, everybody listening to this show that knows what a third-level barbarian can do is hating me for the way that I've played this fight. Probably. It's all right. It's all right. And Mama just rolled a natty 20 to save from her blind. Oh, so. she's back in the game. Hey, uh, she's going to waste a 20 on a save from blind. I'm cool with that. Well, she rolled two 20s to attack with the bite, so yeah. she's just been rolling on like crazy lately. Jeez. So. She doesn't just have one. <laughs> There's more in the bag. There's more, There's in more 20s in the bag. Uh, Carlton. He's going to attack the open wound that he's created. Okay. I hoping, love it. Hoping he can do some, some more damage. Nope. Uh, that's a nine. Nine is unfortunately a miss. So right where you're about to target and you swing your, your great axe is when the mama T-Rex whips her tail very suddenly. So you, you swing wildly, but you just hit thin air. The tide is turning quite quite rapidly right here. So I go prone. No, I don't go prone. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I, I stand perfectly still. <laughs> okay, that's all you're going to do, though? I yep. go prone. <laughs> that's the first time someone has failed to hit this thing. It's, its AC is actually quite low. So that brings us to you, Moog. I'm down. <gasps> like, Moog, okay. Moog is legitimately shaking. Like, he sees Sid, and in Sid is all of his hopes and dreams of being be, being civilized and having a future amidst regular people. And so seeing her fall, everything from his past just comes flooding back in. It's almost like now it's like just he can just hear his heartbeat like beating mm-hmm. super heavy in his head. He's going to full-on rush back at Mama T-Rex. Okay. And he's going to go rage, reckless, and frenzied. Okay. Everything. So he's going to have the works. advantage <laughs> on his attacks because he's recklessly attacking. Yep. And he's going to be able to make a second attack because he's attacking frenzied. Okay. And he's going to deal a little extra damage if he hits. 24 for the first attack read. That's a hit. 15 for the damage. And then the second attack, frenzied. Yep. Like foaming at the mouth. Natural 20 read. Oh, boy. That was literally the perfect, because I'm probably going down next round, but that was the perfect time to roll natural 20. That's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. Don't uh, be ashamed of that. 16 damage. Oh, man. My heart's beating, guys. I'm sorry. That was... So you rush in, charging back at this creature. You run up its tail, up its back, and plant your axe twice into this creature's back, right between the shoulder blades. Once with each side. Of yeah, the once with each side. Do. And it falls to its knees. Let's out a mighty roar. No, it's it's not dead yet. Oh man! <laughs> Almost. Oh man! Almost. Ah. Oliver, it's your turn. Since he saw Sid go down, I think he's gonna. He never does the base that high, but he's gonna turn up the base and kind of not worry oh. about the other people in the area. So he's gonna turn up the base all the way and cast Earth Tremor on the dinosaur. Okay. So that's a ten foot radius. Okay. Or anybody there. And uh, you have to make a dexterity saving throw. On a fail save, a creature takes 1d6 and is knocked prone. If the ground in that area is loose, earth, or stone, it becomes difficult terrain until cleared. We'll say for the sake of flavor that you're, like, out in front of the T-Rex, which would put Moog and Carlton, like, towards the back. And the T-Rex's head is within the 10 feet, but not all of its body. Sure. I don't want to have to make you guys roll. I do have the I do have bardic inspiration that I could roll. Save that for something else. He's being kind. Okay, I'll accept. Accept the kindness. kindness. Dexterity saving throw. Eleven. No. Is it twelve? Yeah. Dang. Dude. It has no dex modifier, so it's just the natural roll. 
it starts stomping around wildly, and then all of a sudden, the earth beneath it starts, like, shock-waving and riptiding almost, and it loses its footing. Both of its legs go out from under it, and it slams on its side. Moog, you can jump off. Definitely. Yeah, without any, like, without any consequences. I'm, like, closing my ears because it's, like, too much. The bass is too much. Yeah, the ba- <laughs> bass too much. And, uh, okay. Sid, I need you to roll me a death saving throw. Gosh. Come on, Sid. Five. We're one down. It is, uh, it is Big Mama's turn. This could be it. The dinosaur is going to stand back at its back on its feet. That would have been a great move if you were, like, right after the dinosaur. Because then all of your uh, melee friends would have had advantage on their attacks. Still did damage, though. It still did damage. Knocked prone, but now she can get back up. Well, yeah, because, like, okay. she just spends her movement to, to stand up. Oh, what was the damage on that, by the way? Oh, yeah, sorry. Six. Okay. So she stands up very wobbly. Even putting weight on her on her legs is almost too much for her to handle. And with her last gasp, she's going to uh, tail whip Carlton and try and bite at Moog. Oh. Does a 15 hit your AC? You know it does, I Reed. <sighs> it does exactly. I rolled exactly 10. Ugh. You know what's funny is I also have a shield. <laughs> <laughs> But you, I can't you, use I can't use my weapon of death if I'm wielding the shield. No. All right, this might be it for you, Moog. Sorry, buddy. Like permanent it? Well, I mean, no, probably not. I didn't. It's 38 damage, then I'm definitely no. permanently dead. No. 26. I'm out. Moog falls, or he gets bitten to death. It's it's even sadder because he lost all hope of he he when he when he goes down he goes down thinking that all is lost. Okay. I forgot I had advantage on you because you attacked recklessly. So I was going to see if I crit, but I didn't. (laughs) Oh, but to be fair, I also uh, am resistant against bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, so only like 11 damage. (laughs) 12. Okay. (laughs) Good to know. Just wanted you to know that. Yeah. Uh, I fought back as it bit down on me. So, (laughs) much in the same fashion, Mama T-Rex bites down on you, your body goes limp, and once she realizes that there's no fight left in it. She just tosses you to the side. And then in one motion, as she tosses... Savage. She tosses your companion to the ground. She's going to turn very quickly at you, Carlton. 13? Oh, nope. Okay. <laughs> Somehow, an eight-foot-tall Goliath, Matrix bends over backwards and avoids getting tailed in the chest. <laughs> I couldn't... I just couldn't handle seeing Moog go down after that inspirational little action he did. Thank you. So the tail swings and just goes over your head. You yeah. just duck out of the way in time. And dissatisfied at her at her attack, she lets out another massive roar. And it is your turn, Carlton. Oh, I grip I grip my battle axe real tight. White knuckle, I think. I run straight at it. 19 to hit. 19 is a hit. 16. As the tail whips over your head, you reach up with one hand. Oh, yeah. Grab onto the back of it. Oh, yeah. It picks you up off your feet. As soon as it's done whipping, you slide across the jungle and use the momentum to continue running yeah. towards this thing. You jump into the air, your, ten, or your eight-foot frame filling the sky, yep. and you bring the axe down right in the rib cage of this creature. Oh, get some. It lets out one last gasp of air as the weight is too much for it to handle. Its legs buckle and it falls to the ground, defeated. Ah! Woo! 
dude. Very well done. Carlton, you, you did a thing. I did a thing, Carlton. Guys. Okay. <laughs> that is your turn. Because we have downed compadres right now, we still need to play this out a little bit. So, congrats. You defeated the T-Rex. All right. As you've got two teammates bleeding out around you. Moog, I need a death saving throw from you. Uh, ten. Ten is a successful death saving okay. throw in this game. So you are hanging on for dear life just a bit longer. Oliver, your turn. What do you do? My DJ set, it's blinking low battery. I only got a little bit of battery left. I'm going to run over to Sid. I'm going to put my, my headphones on her, and then I'm going to cast uh, Healing Word. Okay. So I'm immediately sustained then? Yeah. My heart you, will go you, on. You're, you're revived. Like, you're conscious again. Woo! I'm at three hit points. And with that, <laughs> dead. Hmm? I have no battery left. Oh, you're, that was it. That's all I had. That's the last thing you could do. Yep. All right. Sid, your eyes shoot back open. And <gasps> air fills your lungs once more. You're on the brink of death. You could feel the claws of the death curse coming towards you, but... But the music brought you back. today. <laughs> you are okay for now. Cool. It is your turn. What do you do? Uh, I see Moog laying... Uh, like I, I sit up, get my bearings, see Moog lying prone on the ground, and cast Healing Word at level two. Okay. Oh, wait, no. I want uh, Cure Wounds. Never mind. Okay. Fifteen. Whoa. Yeah. All right, Moog. Air surges back into your lungs. And your eyes kind of squint and shoot open and adjust to the light. And once you refocus, you see the most beautiful face sitting above you that you've ever seen. Carlton. He, uh... <laughs> DJ Carlton. Switch. <laughs> Carlton comes over. He, he reaches out a hand towards Sid. And Carlton and shoves Sid aside and no. hugs him. <laughs> no. Sid takes and hugs him? Yeah. He ruined our moment. <laughs> really ruined it there, Carlton. <laughs> I thought I was dead. You were. <laughs> Bats on the back, then he gets up. Sid, you are alive. So are you. The dinosaur is defeated. Yeah, these guys took care of it. He looks at uh, DJ Switch, okay. who he knows is probably the guy who really saved the day. <laughs> and he says, um, you are good friends. I know, buddy. I'm glad you're alive, too. So, you guys... Uh Pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and stare the corpse of the Mama T-Rex down as you, as you take the young Tyrannosaurus, still muzzled and whimpering, but you lead it out, out of the, the more dense part of the jungle. You walk past the Imani tribe. It stares daggers like at you. Limping and yeah. bloody still. And it, it shoots daggers at, at the four of you as you are escorting this, this dinosaur out, bound and gagged. And it's tough to look at them, but... You know, they don't stop you because that's not what they're about. And uh, Really trying to make us feel it there, Reed, aren't you? You made your decision. <laughs> I'm chaotic neutral, so Carlton it doesn't make me feel bad. kind of wants to go back and break the dam. Huh. Just for those daggers. Classic How dare ding. they? We almost died. <laughs> You're going to seriously die if you are right in front of a dam <laughs> well, that breaks. <laughs> it'll ruin their preserve. <laughs> <laughs> so... You you load this creature up into your uh, into your rowboat. Take it back to the the FNV Nautilus. How are the captain and uh, Eric doing? They're doing great. They just got the ship repaired from uh, from your encounter with the Plesiosaurus, and uh, you put the dinosaur in the crate and make your way back to the city of Port Nianzaru. Does Plessy come with us? 
pleasant. No, she escorts you as far as she as, as far as she can, but she doesn't go the whole way. I wave. Uh, she Goodbye. waves back. Mook's gonna spend the whole journey doing nothing but just writing in his journal a lot. Very well done. You return back to Port Nine Zyru. Give Ron Dramond his sure to be race winning dinosaur, and he bestows upon you the gift of five hundred gold each, enough to keep Dino Two and O open for quite a bit longer. Well done, everyone. Papa Bless! We did a one-off. You did a thing. That is the end of our interpretation of Tomb of Annihilation. (laughs) Podcasts of Annihilation. Well, yeah, but like it's the Tomb book. Right, yeah, I get it. We are participating in Podcasts of Annihilation. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Seriously, this has been a blast. We hope you had a good time. If, uh, if you liked what you've heard, man, we would appreciate it if you'd come check out Sneak Attack. It's, we have a lot of fun with it. It's a weekly podcast, releases every Friday. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Sneak Podcast. We would love to hear from any of you that maybe have never heard from this show before. Uh, huge shout-out and thanks to our friends Greg Tito over at Wizards of the Coast, everyone who is involved with Podcast of Annihilation. This has been just an absolute treat. Um, seriously, all these episodes releasing this week, check them all out. They are amazing. Each show is just incredible and they're all amazing people great dms great players and we really think that you're going to enjoy literally everything you've heard and will hear throughout this week so um just again huge thanks huge shout out to our friends over wizards of the coast for putting this on uh again my name is reed i'm the host and dm of this adventure as well as our sneak attack podcast let's go around the table we have mook dj switch obsidian vein carlton Thanks, everyone, again for listening. We really appreciate you. Hope you have an excellent rest of Podcasts of Annihilation. Mm-hmm.